0: All right, we got our frosted flakes. Merry Christmas. We're heading out to the old west. Get your the, uh, six shooter.
1: Tiger, is the tiger a uh, Easter egg?
0: It's a western <laughs> tiger. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I I remember reading something that uh, the cougar is the largest cat, the third largest cat in the world, and obviously the only native. Wildcat in uh, North America. At least that's. A lot. I mean, I guess there's bobcats and stuff. But anyway, uh, weird. Okay, that's a weird way to start the show. Welcome to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. The Sun Bowl, the Frosted Flakes, Tony the Tiger, Frosted Flakes, uh, Sun Bowl. So hopefully, people appreciated the uh, the throwback to 1992 as we started. But then this, of course, is uh, from a classic western. Of uh, I think the late '60s actually. So <laughs> this is the Fighting Irish Faithful show. I am Joe at Red Snapper ninety ninety eight. Oh no, Pfft. gee whiz, man! Well, was... thank you. That's you. That's me. my brother. We have dyslexia tonight. <laughs> my man, we sound terrible tonight. <laughs> it's Christmas. We don't care. We're still celebrating Christmas. Uh, well, man. and
1: my brother is Fighting Irish Faithful at Faithful underscore Irish.
0: Thank you. You may have to, to save me this episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. And then the epic music will not bring in right away Coach Barcygian, to please save this podcast. My gosh.
2: <laughs> What's happening?
0: I hope you got Frosted Flakes.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. But even better, you may not understand Pokemon cards, but don't hate on them.
0: Oh, I didn't hate, Sam, hate nothing.
2: By, well, I'm just saying. Went by Sam's earlier today. They had these little boxes with like 14 packs in each one for like 40 bucks, which is considering each pack goes for like $5. It's well worth the money. Bought two of them. Pulled a card worth nearly 540 bucks. Woo. So, nice. Or paid my money back. Sweet. Paid on. Second thing, little... Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl trivia. You know who was the voice of Tony the Tiger for years? Which all he had to say was they're great.
0: Not Sean Connery.
2: No. Lee Marshall, a former WCW wrestling announcer.
1: Nice.
2: So, he has since passed away, but he was the regular other than wrestling did voice work and made millions of dollars doing Tony the tiger. So
0: nice, nice. Yeah. I asked the, uh, the doc last week to, uh, <clears throat> when she went to the grocery store, I'm like, Hey, get some frosted flakes. And then, uh, she comes home and gets everything. And I'm like, where are the frosted flakes. She's like, Oh, they're in the cupboard. I'm like, I'm looking. And they were the off brand from Aldi. <laughs> I'm like, Wait, what? Those are not frosted flakes. She's like, "Look, we're on a budget." Da, da, da. I'm like, "Okay, point taken." So <laughs> Did you um, cereal's
1: expensive? No joke. It is
0: stupid expensive. We hardly buy cereal anyway. Did
2: you ever figure out the math on the per person for the Airbnb?
0: Oh, let's jump straight to that. I do have that. If you want, I don't have that spreadsheet up, but we we can do that. <clears throat> All right, so for anyone who uh, is interested slash wants to go and join us at the Stanford gathering, um, the uh, Fighting Irish Faithful show, Delsupicons, whatever, we are uh, trying to ensemble people. Um, there is a house we are looking at; looks really good. <clears throat> and
2: you said it was like a hundred yards from the stadium. It's right?
0: it's on. Uh, Angela, um, it's not a hundred yards from the stadium. It's, it's, it's pretty close. 100
2: yards from campus. <clears throat>
3: it's, oh, uh, it's well,
2: same thing.
0: I guess if you cross the street and go through someone's yard, technically you end up in the graveyard that coach Barsegian is buried in. Fine. Um, <laughs> but to, to get to like Notre Dame Avenue and, and Angela where they cross, right. You know, that, that kind of main intersection there. Um. Yeah. It's it's very very walking distance. I think you're like a quarter of a mile, maybe slightly above, um, to Eddy Street Commons. You know, O'Rourke's and that whole place. So, uh, really really great location. So you are paying a little bit for location. Now, the total cost for the weekend of the Stanford game, which is of course the uh, for excuse me, the twelfth of October, um, house has about uh, I think I talked to I talked to the owner they said like 12 14 people but I was counting couches and some of these other things and it's like if obviously the more people that go in obviously we don't want people sleeping all over the place on stairwells but or anything but um the price comes down so if we get um around I think 18 people and that that includes some couches maybe an air mattress or something the cost per adult drops under five hundred per person. Now, okay. now what I did also <clears throat> is I factored in uh, the next like cheapest or the cheapest hotel um, nearby, and I'm not talking like like you know a cruddy shitty Motel Six that you know you don't feel safe in, right? So this is the Hampton <laughs> Inn. The Hampton Inn, it's like three miles north on 933, right? Um, still in Indiana, not quite in Niles yet, not, not up there. The Hampton, um, if you did a two queen uh, room for the weekend, it's going to cost you 720 bucks. Now, if you divide that by two, though, per person, okay, it drops to 360. Now, here's the problem you have to Uber everywhere or drive or something, right? And if you're going to drive, you're going to spend, you know, money on parking and have to mess with that, whatever. But I figured if you Ubered, say Friday night, Saturday night, uh, or Saturday over to campus, whatever, you'll probably drop 50, 60 bucks just in Ubers for the weekend. Then take into account food, okay, dinner, you know, lunch on Saturday dinner Saturday right and and your breakfast is free at the Hampton but uh, red snapper and I can cook better than the Hampton I will say that
2: touchdown Kansas
0: if you if you factor in food and Uber it's the same price as as if we, if you get the house so I've done the math on this I th- and but but you ha- we have to get close to that like 18 people uh, thing. So if you are interested, I've, I've sent messages to direct messages to people. If there's anyone who's listening live on the podcast version here um, that this sounds very interesting to you, by all means, reach out. I also have a thread out to the Notre Dame ticket office to inquire about group sales uh, sitting in the lower <laughs> bowl kind of end zone area, ideally by the skinny tunnel, but we'll see. Um, but anyway, uh, so so the, I have yet to to have that thread be be pulled by the ticket office, but you know, we'll we'll figure it out when we get there. Um, I'm telling I told Stevie D. Irish to budget $150, US dollars for that. And that is based off of in 2022 when we uh, played uh, Stanford, it was 80 bucks this year versus USC, Was 170 in that same section. I that's not going to be USC expenses, but then if you take into account inflation, and now we got Mike Denbrock back and whatever, you know, so I'm just like, hey, let's just be real, magical year number
2: three,
0: magical year number three. It is magic, maybe we should talk about that, but yeah. Um, I just said be conservative and and say 150, so look, 650 for the whole thing, and I'm telling people now in december for an event 10 months from now basically go ahead and plan now budget now you know that's that's 60 70 bucks um, i mean if
2: you have to pull from tax return to do this go for it
0: pretty much pretty much yeah i i mean if you've got a business i don't know if you can write yeah, off please. the whole trip you know <laughs> i, hey, I am
2: out business cards
0: I do it's have I do so. have business cards now for the show, yes, and I I drop them on people's uh, uh windshields when I I am in a parking lot and I see Notre Dame crap on their car. So,
2: <laughs> few questions. So you said it was going to be roughly under five hundred.
0: That's per the goal, right? If if we just did fourteen adults, it goes to about six seventeen a person. You Last still not. At, pardon. That's still not terrible. That's per person. So if you bring yeah. your spouse, right, that's where that's where it starts getting a little. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's 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 Notre Dame. It's it's a fall. It'll be gorgeous. Um, and I'm I'm just telling people like, look, it, it's a big trip. You know, we're gonna get a bunch of people there. We're gonna ha- hopefully have a good gathering. Um, get people. You know, we we talk on social media. We talk on this podcast. Hopefully, we can get some people together and and when.
2: When you – you mentioned the hotels. Now, from previous experience, I know that the hotels tend to start increasing their rates by like triple starting on like Thursday night.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you go there um, now and you look at stuff like stuff sold out, stuff stupid expensive. It's nuts.
2: So that usually starts roughly right about Thursday night because I'm wanting to like head that way on like Wednesday. Oh, okay. And like get a day or two early because I want to tour the campus. I want yeah. to tour the stadium. Yeah. I want to hit up the bookstore. I want to do all of that.
0: Yeah. So if you want to do that, well, obviously, you know, the closer you are, the better. Uh, you probably get a well, good, good deal out in Mishawaka because there's plenty of things to yeah. eat and shop and whatever out there. Um, We've looked
2: at that, too, possibly doing like something outside of South Bend.
0: Yeah. Elkhart's good. Niles is good. Niles, Michigan. Yeah. Um,
2: Avoid Gary, from what I've.
0: Heard. I would not go to Gary. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> even go as far west as Laporte. Laporte's not bad. It's just it's far. Like I, I wouldn't go way over to Laporte. Like, I guess it depends where you're driving in from. If you're going to fly into Chicago, or you know what what your what your travel plans to get to the plan- greater area,
2: because it's roughly like a what seven eight hour. I think we figured it
0: out. Yeah, I th- I think it's uh it's definitely drivable for you, uh, Coach.
2: Considering Kentucky and Tennessee are thin states
0: to cross. <laughs> they are they are thin. I, I actually just got a, uh, uh, well, technically the doc did because it was a business expense for her, for her <laughs> conference. But yes, we just got a bill from uh, the state of Kentucky uh, because we crossed the uh, bridge. So <laughs> we well, just brought...
2: don't go back to Kentucky and you don't have to pay it. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: they 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 take a picture of your license plate so yeah, they they find you they just do that thing we brought kevin davis on at davis 0560 welcome to the fighting irish faithful show we're doing kind of a round robin tonight if you want to just listen that's cool if you want to speak speak your mind by all means just jump on and join in on the conversation right now coach is kicking up the conversation already about stanford next year some of the finer details i was actually going to like message everybody some of this in a cliff notes version. I was actually thinking of making a like a like a like a jpeg a or something. Spreadsheet? No, a not spreadsheet? a spreadsheet. No, the spreadsheet is how I my brain organizes it. I was thinking actually like something a little more, you know, marketing like make something in PowerPoint type of thing and then I could be like, okay, this is this, this is this and then people can see it, you know, much more broken down and easier rather than look at joe's nonsense math so but anyway all are invited all are encouraged and for people like kevin or MJV 84 adam dowling uh our local people like craig uh or kev or or whomever people who are probably going to drive in for the day you know, hey, if we, we get the house, yeah, hey, if you want to stay at the house with us, that's cool. But if you just want to come over and have food and beverage and park your car for free, you know, th- we could do that. Uh, and Adam,
2: Adam Dowling's couch will be available, right?
0: Uh, You'll have to take that up with him. Uh, that is my backup plan. We all just show up at his house and watch, you know, his face melt. And
2: <laughs> Well, I've, I've heard rumors that, him and his wife do like a real team company, so I mean, surely they've got some empty houses nearby.
0: Well, I don't know if they're nearby Notre Dame, but yes, uh, Mrs. You Dowling is a See, successful businesswoman. So Adam Adam works at an oil refinery, so I don't know if you want to if you, you want to uh, be at a house near where he works. But yeah, hey, you, you do you. All right, let's let's uh, let's steer the conversation away from Stanford next year. So thank you, Coach, for bringing that up, kind of, you know, dropping that kernel, that nugget. And, uh, yeah, we, we do ha- are still in the 2023 season, uh, despite what many other people think that the game, quote, doesn't matter. I think it does. It's in the spreadsheet. Um, and uh, we're ready to rock and roll back to El Paso. First time Notre Dame's back in El Paso for the Sun Bowl since beating the crap out of Miami in the uh, 2010 season, which was glorious, so if you have some time to kill, go on historical YouTube and watch the 2010 Sun Bowl. You'll see uh, Babyface Tommy Reese out there in quarterback. Um, Harrison Smith is playing. Uh, Michael, F- it's the Michael Floyd show. It's it's and but what's the best part is watching Miami. Go up to El Paso, the west, quote unquote, but it's high altitude, and it was very cold, if people recall. I and mean, it was snowing and whatever. And so they come in with their stormtrooper, snowsuit, jacket, whatever bunch of guys from Miami, and it's like they were not ready for this. And and then they turn the ball over and this and that. And what's also funny about that that was the season that uh had ended for Miami and they had just hired Al golden. And he was interviewed on the broadcast Had was not coaching yet, uh, but was about to take over the hurricane. So, um, so there's a little connection to this year's team with that game, obviously not just a location, but with Al golden, who I believe has resigned uh, with Notre Dame and right now is looking good. Now we last week, if you missed last week's show, go back we broke down Jared Parker and all the offense, and um, I don't know if Coach Barstizan had to like choke down his water or something listening to the high praise of stats that I gave him. <laughs> but uh, but
2: still celebrating I, his leaving. By the well, way, well,
0: me too. And 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 let's not, you know, you know, obviously we got Mike Denbrock back, which is great. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, Woo-hoo! Yeah, I'm really gra- – so, so high level here. Denbrock is back. We got recruiting, which happened literally the next day after he podcasted. Somehow that missed all of our radars. I'm I'm holding you guys accountable on that. My bull pick them is terrible right now. I'm really thinking of throwing it out and just, you know, using a dividing rod to figure out which team to pick from this point on. It's awful. Hey, and I'm
1: 12 and 8.
0: you You're tw- I'm 6 and fucking 14. Six I'm still wins. Still behind you in
1: confidence points, though. So
0: well, that's fine. But like, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll hit my stride. I'm undefeated
1: because I didn't play.
0: <laughs> Gonzaga's undefeated in in football too. You know, since World War II, because <laughs> we haven't played. Oh, uh, that's great. And then obviously and then we'll do a stat piece tonight, looking at who is on the team or who has departed, I guess, from the team uh, as far as transfer portal, NFL, whatever and um well draft you know they're just working on their 40 time i guess but that's kind of the rundown of what's left recruiting bull pick em sucks and or bull games if we want to talk about that denbrock's back
2: i'm maybe kind of 50 50 on denbrock just because let's see how he does
0: just i mean he was a broils nominee for this year for a team that put up a crap ton of offense a crap ton of points and produced a heisman trophy winner
4: yeah I think but how many gonna t-
1: make it very very interesting is to see his recent success at lsu um mixed in with the recruiting class that has already committed the, the talent that's already there in Minchie and Anjali. You got Leonard coming in, CJ Carr coming in. So I, I think that's gonna be an interesting dynamic. I think one of the best things is you know, he has he has exposure to who is it, guduli and Brandon? Yeah. So who
2: has he been an OC under besides Kelly?
1: Denbrock? Luke Fickle is the big one. That's where the connection with Marcus Freeman is, with Gadooley, okay. and okay. Brandon all were Cincinnati guys together. And okay. uh, Marcus Freeman was the defensive coordinator when Denbrock was the offensive coordinator.
0: I mean, he was at Grand Valley State with Kelly, right? So let's not let's not uh, confuse things there.
2: Okay, I just didn't know if like all he knew was Kelly. I hadn't done a whole lot of research on him yet.
0: Okay, but... so so I'm I'm doing some cursory uh, research right now. Truth or a lie? Before Kelly, he had been with Notre Dame before. Truth. Yes, Kevin, do you know what years or which coach?
4: I want to say it was under Weiss, but I might be wrong. But it was like the early two thousands. So close.
0: It was Willingham. Through the entire Willingham, Willingham era, he had God, he, he had shut, tackles man. and tight. Not that. Well, I guess the offense wasn't. good. But he wasn't the OC. He was did tackles and tight ends. Okay. Now he came over to be tight end coach again in 2010 when kelly was hired and then he did he was coaching receivers in 2012 through 13 then he had oc responsibilities in 2014 then went to cincinnati and was in at cincinnati from 2017 to 2021 then to lsu with kelly for a couple years and now back to notre dame so what's really cool about this is – so 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 he's from Michigan, right? So he's from, quote, unquote, the area, which is great. Uh, two, he's very familiar with Notre Dame. And the doc was asking me about this, and she's like, well, why – if he was here before and then he went with Kelly and was kind of with Kelly and this, that, and the other, why would he come back? And I said, well, there's probably a couple reasons. One, um, Notre Dame clearly opened up the checkbook, okay, Uh, Thank God. Thank you, Notre Dame. Um, Two, um, he's familiar with the place and, you know, I don't know anything about his personal life, but, you know, he's, he clearly lived in the area from 2010 through 2016, right? Before going to Cincinnati. And then he goes down to LSU down to the South where, can I say that they have like a more hostile fan base and that, you know, he's not, getting the love that he would like, or he's like, man, these people here are assholes. You know, it's very, pos- he's, it's very possible that he's just like, I don't want to deal with this nonsense. You know, these, these nutbags here. Okay. I'm just the OC. It's not my fault that this, that, and the other, you know, so there could have been a cultural clash uh, with him at, at LSU. I don't know that that's only something Denbrock can, can comment on, but if you're not from the area or you don't have SEC in your blood, which he clearly doesn't, it's his first exposure with the SEC. um, Him coming back to Notre Dame is actually really great and is, is a much better fit than I actually thought it would be independent of, of Kelly. Obviously Kelly is a, as a real meaty, meaty part of that, but he was here before and he's been kind of hopped around and this, that, and the other.
1: I definitely like the, the idea of location, location, you know, him being, I think his hometown's like an hour and a half, two hours away from South Bend. So his family's all close by. I think the previous exposure to Notre Dame, he knows the culture, he knows the school, he knows the, uh, education requirements. And maybe that's part of it. He wants to teach a more intelligent student body that are scholar athletes. Um, I, I only, he can answer that, but at the same time, you look at the Cincinnati move to Notre Dame connection like that, I think is huge. It's not just, these are people he's familiar with. These are people he had success with. And so there's already a lack of acclimation period because he knows these guys. Yeah. That's that's I,
2: I, probably my one concern, though, is because Parker knew these guys as well, and we all see how well that turned out.
1: But, but Parker just, wasn't the offensive coordinator with this group. I think this is like getting the band back together on a higher level. And I if think they can, the more if they can interesting- repeat
2: what they had in 2021 with Cincinnati, just be a little more successful in the postseason. By all means, I'm all for that. Undefeated seasons, as long as you finish, can never go wrong. So Exactly. Yeah.
4: So, yeah. so I I think him leaving LSU and my this my thought of it is just is deeper than, than that because and it's just weird to me that he left a number one offense to come to Notre Dame, right? Only Heisman like, Trophy
1: winning number one.
4: Exactly. So people only people only leave stuff like that to go up to a nut to become a head coach to go to the NFL. But he took a lateral move to Notre Dame. I wonder if it's something going on inside LSU that's the problem. Sure. Because I don't get the lateral move. I thought if he'd have left, he would have went to the NFL or head coach somewhere. But to go lateral, I know the money matters too, but money. I just think I just think it's weird for him to make the lateral move after a Heisman candidate in a number of office and it was kinda of, it's kinda of awkward, but I'm I i do not mind it at all. I'm glad we got that.
0: could it can oh, can, it, I it can I jump in. Can I jump in? One hundred percent
4: brings
1: up the Meerkat ears like what the heck?
0: Yeah, I, I was curious about that too and then I started going down the rumor mill. Could it be something which is kind of not what we like doing on this show. Uh, other people do deal with rumors on Twitter, but let's let's have some fun, right? It's it's Christmas vacation. Could it be this noise about Kelly leaving to go to the pros or Kelly even going taking, to
1: New England? Take, yeah, I saw taking that. Very possible.
0: Awesome. I, I heard I saw something crazy about uh, Harbaugh leaving Michigan after this year and going to the pros and then Kelly taking the Michigan job. You know, like I, I saw all sorts of, of craziness from that. Um,
4: then
0: I can see. Yeah, just, gosh. Watch
2: him develop a Midwest accent again with a quickness. <laughs>
0: uh, it'd be like like home sweet home, you know, Central Michigan, Grand Valley State, University of Michigan. Dude's uh,
2: from Massachusetts. It's not home for him.
0: Now, w- would Kevin Davis's brother be conflicted if a former Notre Dame coach becomes a Michigan coach? I don't, I don't know how that works, but... <laughs>
4: um. Uh... He wouldn't care as long as it's the best interest of Michigan. He wouldn't care.
0: Oh, okay. He, so he must be he shaking it. in his boots right now with, with uh, the Wolverines facing the Crimson Tide.
4: <laughs> no, it, he actually he actually has them beating Alabama significantly. I'm like, come on. If they win, it's not going to be significantly. It's not going to be you no know, blowout.
0: Well, here, here here's what I was going to say about that. So my bull pick, um is absolute trash right now. It's not good. I got six wins, 14 losses, and I spent a considerable amount of time based off of last year's data coming up with an algorithm that says, okay, this is the team that should win with some level of confidence, and it actually spits out a confidence number. It's clearly not doing a good job for me right now, but it did say that michigan was gonna be the beat alabama and i gave it 37 confidence points i'm kind of thinking right now other than the notre dame game i got notre dame with confidence right Of just picking the complete opposite because it's just it's just not working like if i just picked the opposite team i'd be i'd be 100 winning right now and in, in all of my picks and i'd probably be at the top of the list so and another thing that makes me suspicious is I was kind of starting to apply. You guys don't know this, but I was applying the same math to my uh, my weekend, week out type of uh, statistics. Right. Now, obviously, we beat Stanford and we beat Wake. Right. Um, I the math came back and said that Notre Dame 80 uh, percent confidence was going to beat Clemson. Yeah, that didn't happen. Okay. Um, maybe it implies that your OC actually runs the ball. I don't know. Um, so who knows? Like, <laughs> my bullpen comes trash. But back to the Kelly thing. Uh, you know, Ke- Kelly is Kelly, and Dembrock clearly knows who, um, you know, what he's getting there. And maybe he's like, you know, I was at the SEC for a couple years. I was, you know, down at LSU, a big-time program and maybe that was just kind of an itch for him to scratch to see like oh do i want to do this and then he's like eh i don't know do i do i really want to be dealing with all this stuff in the SEC or or dealing with you know the boosters and what the head coach has to do cuz like i i would argue that Den brock, brock his his phone had already been ringing long before Uh, This LSU time to take like a head coaching job or something in college, you know, like Parker at Troy, you know, something like that. If he had aspirations to be a head coach, I think that ship has sailed or he's decided, no, I don't want to do it. I like being the the OC, like being assistant. Some of these other things Um, don't think I want to do that.
1: Yeah, I think that definitely plays into it. I I think he doesn't want to be a head coach. He doesn't want the full responsibility of it. If he wanted to go to the NFL, he probably had opportunity or will have opportunity or did, you know, before Texas A&M came calling, which opened the door for everybody else in college. But I think it's also I think uh, Kevin Davis is right on. I think it's a bigger, more more important personal decision. I think quite possibly the move to LSU was just a favor from Brian Kelly and going from there. But it, I think the biggest thing that I stress out of it is take the Marcus Freeman connection, the Brian Kelly connection out of it and look at it strictly from the production standpoint of LSU this year, oh, the, very the, good. the points, you know, the passing touchdowns, all of those statistics. And if you're looking at it from that standpoint, That's an amazing hire, regardless of all the other connections. You add those connections, you add the proximity, you add the fact, and this is a huge, huge win, is that Notre Dame basically said, well, money's no object. We want the guy we want, and we're going after him. And that basically was what it was. Texas A&M came (laughs) back. You know, with this crazy offer, LSU, because their board of directors don't meet till February, didn't have a way of putting it in writing, so they couldn't counter. And then Notre Dame says, OK, we'll match that. In fact, we'll, we'll beat that.
0: Yeah, it's really you know? it's really encouraging to see Notre Dame open the checkbook and uh, pay these guys like like look at look at Al Golden. Al Golden, I haven't done the numbers yet because he's got one more game to coach this season, but Notre Dame's defense is doing very, very well. Um, If I look at – we'll give a little preview here of uh, the breakdown between us and Oregon State, which is kind of moot because their team is just as decimated as ours, if not worse, because they lost a head coach too. Um, But, like, defense is really good. Notre Dame is eighth in scoring defense, eighth in total defense, which is better than national champion average if anyone cares – Red zone scoring was dog shit last year. It's second in the country this year. Passing defense is fourth in the country. Red zone touchdown defense is third in the country. Um, it's really, really good. Fourth down defense, twenty sixth in the country. So we're we're really good in a lot of these other statistics um, that that you know make me happy.
2: Well it also turns out to be a brilliant move going after Denbrock Brock instead of Ludwig from Utah because look at how their whole postseason turned out.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting too about only North mustering Utah.
2: up seven points. And he was like the number one guy that everybody thought we should have gotten
0: yeah with Ludwig and all that. He went to the Park. I saw a picture of him at a hockey game with Marcus Freeman. What the yeah. hell Notre Dame? tightwad bastards <laughs> okay well, I'm sure there's players, a little bit more to it than that okay all. he's coached with his the, players
2: uh, at Notre Dame wouldn't have been as old as they would have been at Utah because that is morning. true
0: well and I, I I think journey, I never. think that's that's definitely part of it and nothing against you know our LDS brethren um it's all about like he, he has been a coach with kyle whittingham for for a long time at utah he's probably got a sweet gig there he's happy there maybe there's a mormon thing who knows doesn't matter who cares and he's like why do i want not leave utah and go to south bend like I'm, I'm happy where i am like i i couldn't understand him wanting to stay even if it's not a money thing, but everyone on Twitter wants to just throw the money thing. that notre I mean, I guess if Notre Dame was going to pay him, you know, $4 million, then, okay, maybe that's the, you know, (laughs) I guess that might, you know, change some minds, but maybe it's not, maybe he doesn't care about that. He's like, eh, you know, I don't know, but we got Denbrock. We did open the checkbook for him. uh, Clearly. Um, or he just wanted to get away from kelly which now he's finally seen the light it's like wait a minute you've produced a heisman trophy winner you were second in the country in total touchdowns you were fourth in the country in total offense and what's our record get me out of here i'm, I'm <laughs> i don't i don't like where this is going i don't know well, we got Adam Dowling, Matteo, Johnny, Miss Zoom Zoom. Conlin's on. He's he's on mute. Conlin, I gotta I gotta give you uh, some some uh, credit here.
3: Oh yeah, what's what for?
0: Because you called the uh, Riley Leonard thing.
3: Oh yeah. Okay, so basically, if anybody doesn't know, um, I went to the same high school as Mike Elko's son, so I know the kid. Uh, about I'd say the um, probably like the 25th of November. I got a text message from another kid I know who's really close with him, saying, "By the way, Riley Leonard's about it transfer to Notre Dame." And I was like, "All right, I, I don't really." And what it. was
0: the timeline on this, if if I may? Yeah, what what was about that? That was in November.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was um 25th. So that's that's mm-hmm. like. Two weeks before he even entered the portal, so I guess it was it was set in stone. But so, yeah,
0: the discussions were beginning.
3: Yeah, and apparently, um, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but apparently Notre Dame was having meetings with him when we were playing Duke, which I think is a little insane. But
0: that is insane. It's what? like, why would you do that? We basically broke his leg. Well, not quite, but.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. M- hey, m- maybe that's what Hartman was telling him. Like. Hey, good luck in South Bend next year. You never know what he was saying. Maybe.
0: Are are you sure that Hartman didn't just uh hand him like one of those beat headphones?
3: Oh maybe, shit. He loves <laughs> one of those things <laughs>
0: I'm,
3: I'm sure
0: yes. I'm sure the uh the name, image and likeness is, goes beyond uh your uh your Shamrock series jerseys that you can uh that you get to keep and all the other free gear that recruits love. Well, Kyle, oh, yeah. thank thank you for that. I wanted to give you some credit for that because because uh, uh, we clearly had talked. You had been a vocal uh, supporter of the uh, the the Riley move here, and uh, yeah, we got we got a recruiting, excuse me, an experienced guy uh, coming in, and then we have a really really good quarterback recruit coming in as well. Uh, oh, yeah. So I think Gino goduli has got some uh, got some things to play with. But before we get to next year's quarterback controversy, well, maybe it's not a controversy, but we do have this game, and Gaduli is calling plays, and Angeli most likely is going to be starting.
3: Yes, dude, I'm kind of, I'm kind of worried. I'm not going to lie, dude. The score might end up being like seventeen to fourteen, or like ten to seven, something like that, bro. Because both of these teams have nobody. I mean I mean well, we still we still have Love. We still have Love, which I'm excited to see him in the lead back role. I really am. I think he's going to be really really good Is he's, he's fast. He's lightning quick. We're going to see Paige him and Love. Not too excited to see Steve Jelly. as much as some people might call me an idiot for that. I just don't think Angeli is that good. I'll call you
0: an idiot. I'll just call you a hater. No,
3: i <laughs> <laughs> I mean Hey there's a reason Freeman is bringing in these transfer portal quarter quarterbacks. We can we can argue with it as much as we want or, you know, whatever, but he knows better than us. And he's seeing something that we're not that tells him Steve Angeli cannot be our starting quarterback. So I'll just – I'll roll with Freeman there. But, hey, I mean, I would love for Angeli to go crazy and prove me wrong. That would be awesome. But I mean, uh, we
0: did, I we, we also that, got we got he, Freeman not only with the uh, the transfer portal. We got Bo Collins here coming up from Clemson of all of all places. Now I I know nothing about Collins and the productivity he had over uh, down there in South Carolina, um, but hey, that's hey, that's that's great. You know, someone someone to bring on up uh, and and turn Irish. You know, I'm not I'm not going to be too upset about that. Um, one thing one thing I had the I, I've wanted to move away from my opinion of of using the word loyalty when it comes to these players, uh, these guys who play for our football team. Yes, they're student athletes. Yes, you know, as much as I want to hold on to my ideals of oh, they're students first and they have the college experience and some of these other things and, and a lot and I do think Notre Dame can still offer all of that. You know, the 40-year decision. Um, I saw something, and I, I wish I could remember who it was, um, but I'm pretty sure I, I retweeted it. It was a, um, it looked like a white paper that basically had broken down guys who went to the NFL or, or, or played football at, at, at Notre Dame versus Georgia or Alabama or whatever. And it's like, how much money you made after leaving the NFL? And how many of the guys that were Notre Dame grads or Notre Dame players or students or whatever had, had, I think it was
2: Jack Sacco.
0: It might've been Jack. And it, it, it just, it was not even close how, how the Notre Dame guys just for their life and taking care of themselves and their family. And just, they just had way more connections, you know, on average, right. On average. Um, obviously there's a few uh few situations where that doesn't go according to plan right but <laughs> but anyway um i i think that that coach freeman yeah you know, I, I don't want to just say like i'm just going to have like blind faith and trust and some of this other stuff i i think he's very pragmatic in the way he goes about doing things um and i think he also has the ability to have all the naysayers or the the rabble pitchfork and torch people who are getting a little, uh, anxious prematurely. Uh, he has the ability to tell them to shut the fuck up <laughs> quite frankly. Cause it's like, Oh, you think our wide receiver room is trash. Okay. I'll go out and get two transfers. Oh, by the way, we just signed a bunch of guys coming in. Right. Uh, we removed Stucky. We don't know the, the full story behind that. Um, so so that's interesting. Um, but, you know, we, we, we lose some of our receivers, uh, but we still have some. Um, but as, as Colin pointed out here, um, the the your receivers are one thing, but you have to have a quarterback and our quarterback that was very productive is now gone, which I think is kind of weird. But if I take the red snapper approach, it's because he's like, well, I'm done. Now we'll hand the keys to the car to the next guy who is Angeli.
1: And me being, me being somebody who sees the benefit of the transfer up until, you know, Sam Hartman. And then after that, I, you've heard me say, oh, I don't like the whole Riley Leonard. You know, I want to see Angeli and Minchie. I thought about it kind of playing devil's advocate with myself. And what problem is it to have that much talent to then evaluate? And if they decide to transfer, they decide to transfer. And kind of coming off of what you just said about the loyalty aspect of it is, oh, darn, we have a cupboard full of riches that are get- getting better. And if iron sharpens iron, then they're going to have to, compete against each other and step it up and you've got it coming from all different angles whether it's minchi who's been there underneath angeli or riley leonard coming in as a grad transfer or cj carr a true freshman all of this is raising the talent level in the quarterback room and if one of those guys leaves because they're not going to have playing time you know what that is a good problem to have now we're looking at champagne problems
0: well, and we we got three four star receivers that that signed with Notre Dame. You got Cam Williams out of Illinois. I'm looking at twenty four seven sports. Micah Gilbert out of Charlotte, and then you have Logan Saldate, or maybe it's Saldate. I'm hoping it's that, but anyway, um, out of out of Salinas, California. So so you got those three guys right there, um, plus who we already have, plus Bo Collins, Bo Collins. et cetera. <coughs>
2: Well, think about who else we could actually get with NIL money if they would open up, if at least Under Armour would open up the wardrobe for what Freeman wears and what we see all of these players wearing in interviews periodically. Good grief. Some of that swag is looks amazing, and we as fans can't afford it because we don't ever see it. It's not
0: available anymore. Do you think that could be by design that it's like, no pun intended, but it's like, this this is an exclusive thing for the coaching staff for the team, right? Oh,
2: absolutely! But it's just it seems like they constantly wear it out in public all the time and just well, want sure,
0: because they they it's got like, all this gear thrown we're at here. them for free. You know, of course they're going to wear it. You know,
2: it just pisses me off because it's like, good grief! I post that on like eBay so we can try to look, snatch
0: coach, it. coach, go up there before the Stanford game. Get there a day early drop a lot of money at the bookstore you'll feel much better okay
3: (laughs) so you know how Oregon has Phil Knight with, with Nike I mean that's that's how they get all their fucking recruits right why don't we try the same approach with Under Armour obviously Under Armour doesn't just sponsor Notre Dame but Notre Dame is by far and away the biggest brand that they sponsor Um, why why doesn't Notre Dame try an approach like that fucking use Under Armour's money to get recruits just throwing that out there
0: I got no problem with that Under
2: Armour has been with Auburn football longer than it's even considered being with Notre Dame so Notre Dame could easily get any and every recruit with Under Armour's apparel and merchandising than Auburn could ever dream of and Auburn being SEC and having lower academic standards, it still wouldn't even be
0: close. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, let's, uh, let's steer the conversation. We've already started talking about uh, the bowl game a little bit and, and what's left in the cupboard here at Notre Dame. Um, I wanted to talk about the three main offensive groups, i.e. quarterback, the receiving room, and the running back room. We'll get to receivers next, but first I wanted to touch on what is the magnitude of the hole that Hartman leaves for us? Obviously a lot of snaps and a lot of experience, right? Um, But a lot of productivity, a a, a shit ton, uh, to the point where if people are concerned about Angeli and his abilities or just his experience, they can make this argument. Hartman had 301 attempts, 92% of all passing attempts for Notre Dame this season. Notre Dame had a total of 328, so quite a bit. Completions, similar. 90% of all completions are attributed to Hartman, 191. Yards, 90% of all passing yards were from Hartman. Now, touchdowns is quote unquote, the weakest of these 24 touchdowns for Hartman out of the total 28, 85% of all of Notre Dame's passing touchdowns came from Sam Hartman. So you look at that and you're like, good God, that's just a massive crater that cannot be filled from the next guy. Um, and I, and I think that is possibly true. So I don't, I don't know if that means that, you know, we're going to, I don't, th- I don't, I don't think we're going to go out there and start slinging it. Uh, I do think it's interesting that Gajuli is going to be calling plays for this game. And as the quarterback's coach, he knows, he should know Angeli and Minchie and whatnot. Um, So whether they both get playing time, whether we have a dual quarterback thing, um, I don't know how that's going to work. They haven't done anything like that all year, so I I highly doubt they're going to just kind of throw that in here at the last minute. Um, Yeah, comments, thoughts.
1: I sincerely believe it will be a two quarterback game whether it's out of necessity or it's it's pre-planned you know it it could be somebody does great or somebody does horrible and okay let's give the other guy a shot it could be structured first quarter then the other guy second quarter and then whoever's the best of those let's go start third quarter it it, you've got a whole different it's it's a one game season for these two quarterbacks and gaduli basically you've got to empty your cupboards with who's there. So the running back room, you're going to see uh, price pain and love, and you're going to hopefully roll with the hot hand, you know, and then Hey, why wouldn't you do that with the quarterbacks and with the receivers? You're going to, you're going to figure out what works the best. i I anticipate a bunch of run plays. I anticipate a lot of multiple tight ends, single receiver sets just because our receivers room is really the most empty cupboard of the three. So.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, and I'll, I'll save the receivers for later. Um, But I I think you're onto something there. Now I had a question for Kevin Davis and my, my research here has been unable to confirm or deny the details surrounding on defense xavier watts is he leaving did he declare because i i saw that he is gonna play in the sun bowl
4: no he's playing
0: now is he gonna go is he gonna go to the nfl or is is this last year of eligibility
4: i think he might declare after the game okay i think he wants to play the game so i think he i mean if let's be honest if i was him i would declare i mean he was one of the best in in a nation. I mean, yes, his, his draft stock is pretty high right now. Is it? so?
0: I don't, I don't even know where it's where it is right now.
4: So I, I, I can see him. I can see him declaring after the draft. I mean, after the game.
0: Now, what if he comes back?
4: Great for us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean not
0: he's not a linebacker, like, I, right? You know, but.
4: Yeah, but honestly, defense. I mean, we lost some. <laughs> we lost some key players on defense, but but not uh, not as much. Nowhere near as offense, right? So defense yeah. is kind of really still still rocking, right? Yeah. Um. So if he comes back, that that solidified with the who we who are we getting in and who we have and who's returning. Like I, defense is defense will be okay.
0: I I did see that Leo foul declared early for the draft, and I my my thought to that was. Where are you going? Why, why are you? Why are you doing? Hey, it?
4: I was so shocked because I've i spoke my piece about Leopold. Um, he's not going to go early. He's going to go fifth to sixth round. Yeah, I don't see him going anywhere in the first three to four four rounds. So, no,
1: um, I think Hartman will go before he does.
4: Yeah, I didn't get him mm. the clearing. I I think I think he was one that should have played the bowl game. He should have played it yeah. in order to get his draft stock higher. For him to clear it early, I didn't get it.
0: Yeah. I saw that Jack Kaiser's uh playing to to stay at Notre Dame. Yep. Uh Bertrand is clearly playing the bowl game. Um trying to think who else on oh uh wh- wh- who is who is it? Um uh Hart
4: left um Cross yeah. is checking around. Cam
0: Hart is gone oh, shit uh defensive lineman the the Ohio State guy uh now uh, no, no.
4: uh Baptiste
0: yeah yeah that was funny the some some knucklehead on Twitter was like oh he's totally not staying and he's like oh my sources say he's not staying and then Baptiste is like well my sources say I'm actually staying for the bowl game it's <laughs>
4: So he's a he's another one where I think he's going to play the bowl game because he's looking at his draft stock. I can see him trying to leave to, to declare, but I don't I don't know if he can or not. But he's definitely playing the bowl game. Yeah, he's playing wanna, the bowl I, game. I don't know what he's going to do afterwards. Afterwards, what he'll do after that.
0: Yeah, he'll probably he'll probably go. I I don't. I mean, He was a grad transfer, right? I don't think he. Yeah. I I don't know his el. <clears throat> excuse me, his eligibility. Um, I don't. I'm not that savvy with a lot of this stuff, and and part of me kind of wonders whether that matters as much anymore, um, or if you know that's something we should pay more attention to. I don't know. I mean, the I had another way of of thinking, like scotch and spreadsheets, right? You know, what do I do? I compare Notre Dame to national champion averages and some of these other things. What I've thought about is. Maybe like 10 years ago, this formula of mine would work really, really well. It doesn't work very well if, you know, your quarterback, like Sam Hartman, you know, declares early for the draft and is not playing and he's responsible for 85% of your passing, you know, touchdowns, right? So if you just broke down the roster of said team and said, okay, Who's you know responsible for putting points on the scoreboard or tackles if you're on defense or whatever? And who's still here, who's injured, who's gone? And you just went down and let them, let the let the chips fall. It'd probably tell you something else. And, and so so I haven't done that math and, and that would take way more time to look at individual players on specific rosters. To figure out, okay, what's, what's the best, um, you know, like, like where's the math actually going, but, but that's kind of like, like it's almost becoming more like fantasy sports. If, if I may, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a little disappointing. Um, but it's also, um, I, I've got to check my ego at the door about this and it's like, well, you know, we're, we're, we're still going to be cheering for them on, on Saturdays. We're still going to be rooting for our Irish. And, you know, maybe these guys aren't, you know, fully committed, and, you know, like Matt Salerno or whatever. They're, you know, they're, they're here for a couple of years and they transfer, they leave, you know, and, and that's disappointing. But at the same time, it's, it is reality and it is what's happening now.
4: Notre Dame has a history of, of their athletes leaving too early. I think that's like a historical issue in Notre Dame that I don't know who's talking to some of these kids, but they go like they declare for the draft and things like. You need another year, buddy. Like, yeah, you did okay, but I think that's been the history of Notre Dame in the past. I want to say ten years where people just left way too early. I just want to see them stay a little bit longer and really develop. But I guess it's college football now. I don't know.
0: It it it's very it's very bizarre. Um. So. I mean, like, like look, look uh, over at our rival USC, right? And then this is something that Red Snapper, um, I think, can talk about. J.T. Daniels was a phenomenal quarterback out of modern day, out of Santa Ana, California, Red Snapper's high school. He goes to SC. He now he had an injury thing. I'm pretty sure the dude transferred to like Georgia. And then I saw something like he was playing at Rice. Can can someone confirm this? I, he, he's been all over the fucking place and it's like like how do you Yeah, okay, US, yeah, USC, then Georgia, then West Virginia and now at Rice. <laughs> it's like this dude did four fucking teams in college. And it's like, holy shit. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to, I mean, he, he only played seven games, so I don't know what, what the, what the story is behind all that, but, um, but yeah, talk about someone who was really promising and then just like went and just kind of fizzled out.
1: Well, he made his mistake by going to see, well
0: yeah but how many how many quarterbacks have come out of your high school red snapper that or have done that
3: oh i can think of a few Uh, there's a (laughs)
0: there's a handful okay matt fucking liner okay (laughs) yep uh bryce young went to alabama at least but (laughs) son of a bitch okay All right, let's uh, let's change gears here. Let's talk about something that I actually really, really, really like talking about, which is running the football. That's the first time we've done that. Yes. Yes. That is my Christmas present there, everyone. Oh, and by the way... Uh, for the record, I am wearing a Boise State hoodie tonight. Yes, look, <laughs> okay. to I, I am wearing the hoodie. It was posted on the internet here right before we started. Okay, it's my Christmas present, right? If anyone doesn't know, you know, here, Red Snapper. Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, they lost their bowl game. It sucks. I'm really fucking UCLA. I said Fiesta
2: Bowl. I didn't say recent bowl game.
0: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, here, Red Snapper. Here, I, I didn't prepare here well. Red Snapper, tell tell the world why your younger brother is a fan of the Broncos.
1: The Boise State Broncos. Go at great length here. You you've been a fan for a long time, and it really all centers around an old high school teammate of yours, Ian Johnson, and I think you were a senior. He was a junior. So you were one year ahead, if I remember correct. And so that game, that bowl game against Oklahoma, the comeback where they literally went back to back, you know, sneak plays of the hook and ladder that then set up the statue of Liberty to win the game. Like that was just crazy. But Ian Johnson, you know, by the way, that game, Ian Johnson was playing for Boise State and he was rushing against Adrian Peterson.
0: Yeah, Peterson is our, not our, in. Yeah, Peterson was yeah. out.
1: But yeah, that that was a game. The personnel on that and so long story short, you know, Boise State pulls off the uh the upset and you myself and then our father we were actually skiing in utah and we were in the hotel room and we we're getting changed after a day of skiing to go get dinner and we were all just sitting there and our long john's watching this game just going nuts like uh so yeah epic he ended up proposing to his girlfriend and the whole thing that's great
0: yeah great so
1: just boise state but you know the but it, it
0: it goes beyond that game. It's not just. I mean that that game really was like, what is this shit? You know. And then it's, but it's not like it wasn't just like a bright spark of one year. It was consistent through those years, right through the Peterson era at Boise, oh, right. Absolutely. And and then like and then like Harson kind of had it, and then he was dumb and went to Auburn or whatever. But like, but like Boise State was so good, you know they they went undefeated twice. Okay, and they weren't even getting a look because of the the BCS system, right? And and they had some phenomenal talent and some legit football teams, um, and just the overall like <laughs> mentality of like I would love for Notre Dame to have a home and home with Boise or fuck play play them in Denver for a um yeah,
1: Shamrock Series for a Shamrock
0: Series because th- they're way better than fucking <laughs> Colorado. Colorado's dog shit. Okay, so um. So yeah, no, like for years I've been saying that, you know, yeah, no, Boise Boise State's my second favorite team. Uh love it. Um and you know, like they fired their head coach. And they won their fucking conference. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Crazy. That's a that's a football team that's serious about their program, right? Um Now they lost their bowl game to fucking UCLA which which is really dumb they they were they were winning it's like 16-0 or whatever at half and then all of a sudden UCLA just finally decides to you know wake up and starts playing football and then and then Boise State just didn't do anything after that which is very disappointing but yeah no so long story short yes I'm wearing the hoodie it was it's been on my Christmas wish list you know this season and uh, I, I pulled the trigger I was like you know what? fuck it I'm gonna get the hoodie All right, we've topped up our Johnny Walker Black. Let's talk about the thing I love very much, which is rush, rushing the football. We are uh, going... love to grab the bell. <laughs> it, it's not too loud, is it? It sounds really loud in the room right now. It's but... perfect. It okay. is perfect. Okay, Red Snapper can calibrate it to, to... He knows the real story behind it. Um, But anyway, estimate, right? We haven't talked about him. I wasn't surprised when I read the the message on Twitter, or whatever, that he's going to depart. So that's unfortunate, but estimate is leaving. Okay, he takes with him eighteen touchdowns, one thousand three hundred forty-one yards, and two hundred and ten attempts. He takes away sixty-nine percent of our rushing touchdowns. Sixty-two yeah. percent of our rushing yards and 51% of our attempts which which is a whole so I mean Hartman clearly is like this like you don't even have a body anymore and estimate is like we've just removed your legs and you are just a torso and arms right now like that's all you are right um, it's probably actually a little more than that maybe half an arm but the point is Estimate, I think was MVP. Quite frankly, of the offense, uh, put the team on his back. Um, he should have been utilized more in all of Notre Dame's losses, um, and he he will be missed. Um, I I really wish he was playing the bowl game. Obviously, and that's because he gives us the best chance to win. Am I surprised that he declared early? No um adam dowling knows about my feelings on all of this um you know and i want guys to stay i want them to get their degree i want you know i want all these pie in the sky things but i understand that that's probably not going to happen especially if you have the opportunity to go to the next next level um the injury thing i, th- I think that's an excuse I think it has more to do with the fact that the quote unquote bowl games don't mean anything. Um, And you're seeing that with the transfer portal and some, and these coaching moves and all these other things going on. So, um, so I think the only
1: way to really taste like test that theory is to have a new Year's six bowl game that actually means something to these guys and see if, you know, the Joe Alts and the, you know, Andre Gesta stick around just to get that bowl win. You know, that'll be an interesting thing to see.
0: Well, and I think next year's playoff format will help address that problem, at least with the top 12 programs, because you will have, um, I believe what it is. Someone correct me if, uh, if I get this wrong, but my understanding is, so you got, you got four, the top four teams are buys, which is stupid because they're conference champions, but whatever um okay um so so you got what the big 12 acc sec and big 10 right those champions um are the automatic bid people which is stupid but whatever then you've got the remaining eight are playing and their home games for numbers five through eight okay so it's very possible if Notre Dame's in that five through eight space in the rankings they will end up hosting a playoff game in december which is awesome (laughs) bring on the sec teams Um, or anyone from a warm climate so that's cool and the new year sixes that red snapper's talking about here i believe they are the next round you've got four of those six uh, locations being uh, playoff games and then you have the semifinals being like what it is this year, right? You know, with the Rose Bowl and whatever. Okay. And then you have the Natty, wherever the Natty is. You know, Lucas Oil or, you know, wherever, wherever the fucking Rams play in L.A., right? Whatever that seems. SoFi! SoFi, so thank you. Um, So so that's cool. You know, it, it moves moves things around. But it keeps the New Year's Sixes, you know, still in that kind of... Um, You know, playoff, you know, big name bowl game space. Right. So it's my hope that with the playoff expansion that will encourage these guys to to stick around, to not declare early, because like, look, you still have you if you're in the top 12, you have a shot for a national championship. All right. Before it, quote, didn't matter. Now, it does matter. You are actually playing for for college football.
2: Well, here's my only concern with the 12-team playoff. Is the committee still going to have a say-so in the six at-large bids?
0: Oh, I don't don't doubt that for a minute. Um, But it's
2: still kind of like an invitational if you will. Well, it
0: does. But my, my whole thing is like, like, and we went at great length last year, uh, talking about this myself, red snapper, Adam Dowling and Adam, you are invited to speak. You know that, right? I like what you got work tomorrow. Really? Do you work tomorrow? (laughs) Is anybody working tomorrow? I, I, I'm not, you know, I,
2: I, I get what you're saying. It's just, as long as we have this stupid BS committee having a say so in it, it's, it's never going to be legit.
0: I mean, like, like, so here, here's my thing. You can have a committee that picks the, the top 12 teams. And if you want to say that the Power 5, well, now it's going to be Power 4, the Power 4 conferences, their champion in, in their conference championship game is an automatic, you know, bid into the group of 12. That's fine. My problem is don't, automatically rank them one through four that group okay put them in the one through 12 space because like you could have some crazy upset like iowa beating michigan this year that didn't happen at all but let's pretend it did there's no way iowa is like one of the top four teams in the country they're not okay maybe their defense is pretty good but their offense is dog shit okay they so they don't deserve to be in the top four and have a buy in the first round in the playoffs, right? No, the basketball tournament has kind of a similar, similar situation. Okay. Uh, granted it's ranked, you know, one through 16 or whatever, in whichever corner of the bracket you're in, but, um, the, you know, the winner of the Sunbelt conference automatically gets into the tournament, you know, and if you want to see pure joy and elation. I love watching the, like, mid-major conference championship games because these guys are balling out so hard and you're seeing just pure joy on those guys when they win and they you know they they rush the court and not like like because they know that like like that was their Super Bowl and they're probably going to get smoked in the face when they play you know UConn or whatever in in the next game but the point is is you 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 get there, you're in there, and so like this year, it would it would have been like Liberty would have been like an at large kind of team, right? A, a team that's that's put up well, pretty impressive numbers. Is,
2: as my concern is, as long as you've got this stupid committee committee making the decisions, you're still gonna have them try to figure out a way to get their cash cow, like Alabama or Georgia, whoever, at least this opens the floodgate for them to get possibly three, maybe even four SEC teams into the playoff.
0: And I I don't, I don't necessarily, and I think some years that may be, you know, warranted or possible or, you know, whatever, however you want to describe it. Um, but like, like, like take this year, you know, the playoffs, right? You know, Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama, right? That's what the committee picked, right? Which is weird. Um, I, I thought it should have been Florida state, you know, you go undefeated, yes. you win your conference and you don't it get is- it. It was we fucking stupid. Was- all right, fine. All right. But look, Florida state, Georgia, fuck you, ESPN. I'm trying to read stuff. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Florida state, Georgia. Ohio State, Oregon, Missouri at nine, Penn State at ten, Ole Miss eleven, Oklahoma twelve.
2: The only reason
0: and LSU Missouri- is on the outside looking in.
2: <laughs> the only reason that Missouri even is even considered having a ghost chance in hell is because of the transfer portal. They had ten
0: the- two record as well, right? You know,
2: but the transfer portal and then. I mean, I mean,
0: Liberty might have might have snuck in there right over Oklahoma or Ole Miss or something just because they were undefeated, right? And they were thirteen and zero, right? And if the if the committee wanted to put them at number twelve and have them face, you know, fucking well, under this new format, that wouldn't have been the case. It would have been, uh, let's see, Michigan, Washington, Texas. Then Florida State, no, and Alabama, no. So it's so all those top four. So Florida State would have been the outside looking in, I guess, because t- all all those four teams did win their conference. Um, so you have Liberty play Florida State in the first round? Fine, okay, whatever. Um, I I don't think anyone would have been upset about that. Um, you know, and and then you know let's let's you know kick Oklahoma out or you know just for shits and giggles, fine um should not have lost two games
2: i it, don't know i just we got away from people for a reason i don't know why we went back to people that's just
0: well i mean my, if you if you want joe's opinion just you know we go and go with math and Sagarin and shit like that but but again you know liberty's got a really bad strength of schedule i have many confidence points in oregon beating them so hopefully i get some points on that one but uh
2: well, you didn't. Did you pick Kansas tonight?
0: Did I pick Kansas tonight? I'd have to look that. I up. I
1: did.
2: <laughs> Kansas is running away with it, pretty good.
1: They're up by eighteen right now.
2: You did pick te- Texas State, right?
0: Nope, I picked Rice, but that was my that was my lowest confidence pick. I recall that. All right, what do we got? No, I ha- I had Kansas.
5: I gotta look to see if I Everybody's
0: got Kansas. Well, there's okay. a few P- UNLV people. I had Rice. The math told me that Rice was going to win. It had. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I had. Yeah. I gave fucking Bowling Green 35 confidence points. That's what the math spit out. Such dog shit.
1: Yeah, I, I picked Bowling Green, Green. Had been since Urban was there.
0: That's what the math said, man.
1: But I did have Coastal Carolina.
0: <clears throat> did you have Coastal Carolina? I don't know what I've had. Who did they play? Oh San no, Jose I had San. State. I had San Jose State. Yeah. All right. Joe Joe's bowl mania is trash. It's it's so bad. It's not <laughs> good. All right. Uncle June, what's up, man? You're just listening. You you just want to listen? Maybe you got to work tomorrow, like Adam Dowling. Got to work at the refinery. I don't know. Do they have oil refineries? They got to have oil refineries in Arizona. I don't know. All right. The last real stat piece here before we get. Oh, no. Former chancellor of the Etsy store, Uncle June. Justin Cates, what's up, man?
6: Uh, You know what? Everyone had the Etsy? Go ahead, and find <laughs> what you're looking for in the Etsy store.
0: I don't think there's much uh, up there right now.
6: Well, we need to we need to gobble it up. Okay,
0: we could go look that
3: up real quick. <laughs>
1: um, how are you guys doing? Doing good. How are you feeling after the uh, Denbrock news? Uh, you know what? I like Denbrock. Um,
0: there's one item you can get from the Fighting Irish Faithful show. It's a can koozie.
6: <laughs> can koozie, everybody go get your can koozie get your irish faithful can koozie
0: it's the old start, logo start but yeah
6: <laughs> hey, who cares it doesn't matter it's vintage
0: it is vintage
6: so who'd have thought you your show would be around long enough to be vintage
0: yeah we got four yeah. years we're gonna go under year five next year is nuts
6: I'm Start wearing Janko jeans in here. Yeah. Whoa. Hey, all right. Jean Jackets, yes. the whole I'm, piece. Uh, yeah. I'm in on it. I'm here for it. Uh anyways, I like Den Brock. Um, you know, I love that he'll he'll run the ball from any formation. Yeah, I like anyone who runs the ball anyways, but I also like having a guy who will sort of utilize a quarterback who will trot it out a little bit. You know, I don't need a Lamar Jackson, but Someone to make you pay, you know?
0: Oh, um, yeah. oh yeah. Do you think Anjali could do that against uh, Oregon State?
6: You know, I'm an Anjali guy um, because I feel like I would have loved to see him get a shot. Hopefully he still will. I he- I heard a really interesting thought that is Gadoole going to, I mean— is he going to put something on tape for people to look at if they want to hire him in the future? Or Is he going to sort of um, just sort of let it loose and say, "Hey, Angeli, we're going to let Minchie play a little bit too, see what we got here, what's it look like?" Uh, I think
1: Angeli is capable of a lot, so, and I'm yeah, hoping we'll get to see that. The last two spring games have shown that, so
0: we shall see. We shall see how. How how the quarterback situation rolls, uh, yeah this this weekend. Um, it's it it's really it's really interesting when you look at you know a lot of the productivity that Angeli has had, um, and then and then you jump over here to, to Kenny Minchie here, and you look at you know he he's played. Oh, fuck you, ESPN, you're doing weird shit here. But, um, you know, he, he hasn't really done a whole lot um, as far as, you know, plays and that end up on the stat sheet. Like, maybe he had a play here and there, uh, but he only had a couple completions against Tennessee State, and that was it.
1: I would love I would to love see them split, like, two series and then switch to the other to minchi for two series and do that throughout the entire first quarter potentially even the second quarter and then after you know seeing that alternating you have two series you have two series you have two series you have two series series, look at you know what the productivity level is and then start the third quarter with the better of the two personally that would be the approach i'd take
0: Yeah, I I think as fans, we kind of want to see that. But I, I just when you mentioned that red snapper, my brain goes back to the the nonsense that was the beginning of the 2015 season where we were down in Texas. Now, Grant, the defense was crap. Right. But like Kelly kept like throwing a bone to Kaiser or to Malik Zaire and He's just going back and forth. And it's like, dude, just pick a guy, right? Like how do you not have QB one and QB two worked out now? Maybe the bowl game's a little different. Cause we've only had like three weeks. of practice with these guys. And
1: we're talking one game. We're not talking a season.
0: No, I know. And it's not like it's the beginning of the season, you know, like, you know, like, if, like if we we're doing this nonsense down in college station next year, you know, we, we would have words on this podcast, but I go back to the dysfunction that was that game. Um, now, if, if there are specific play packages that are based off of down and distance and some of this other shit um, that has been given to Mitchie and these have been given to Angeli, fine, you know, um, if, if that's the case. But if you're going to try to have like a one size fits all play calling strategy, but we're just going to put a different body out there because, you know, they're flipping a coin for you know who's going to start in the second half. I don't know. I, I, my my brain doesn't like when you describe it that way. Red snapper.
1: The way I see it is you game plan specifically for each quarterback separately, but you try to give them equal time. So say,
0: but how do you have? How do you have to play one game? The, why, what, the, why are you? But, why are you game planning for two scenarios?
1: This, this, because you want to see the exposure of both quarterbacks. You want each of them to get time. You want to see what each of them can do. And knowing as their quarterbacks coach, I'm going to put together a playbook for Angeli, and this is what he's going to run for the game. And then looking at the characteristics of Minchie, put together a playbook for him, and then call them completely separate as this is yours, this is yours, and give them alternating, you know. Couple series here, couple series there, couple series here, couple series there. Let run the first half as earn the start of the second half. Give Angeli the start of the game, and let them compete in the middle of the game based on what their respective playbooks and play calling are. And, yeah, and if if they, if they, they are specific have... play
0: calls based off of their individual skill sets, I'm kind of with you. My only problem is is that's kind of a wild card like well depending on like like you have one side of the play sheet that's laminated right for one guy and then you flip it over for the other one and then there's like i feel like this is like weird boolean logic like if this is happening in the game go with this quarterback but if it goes this way in the game you gotta flip it over the play sheet over to go to this guy like i'm kind of like wh- why do why are we going jekyll and hyde with 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 the offensive play calling like how does that develop flow how does that quote impose your will if you're because just you like have three if,
1: weeks to plan this
0: you have three weeks to put yeah this but you together. don't know what's gonna happen in the game like we could we could fuck up on the first two plays and they get a they get a scoop and score and then they get a pick six and we're down 14-0 in the first half like what under your scenario what play sheet do we i i don't know like uh I'm, no, not, that, I'm not trying I'm saying, to be an a-hole no, about no, this. No. I'm just like, I'm I'm kind of against your, your, here's your thing. If you want to have two quarterbacks, it needs to be based off of specific play calls, packages, downs, and distances. If it's going to be, you get a series, you get a series, you get two series, you get, uh, if it's going to be like this kind of like, Like, let's all just share the football, you know, and just like, no, like, (laughs) we're not here to have a popularity contest and and to keep guys, you know, from transferring. It it has to be very objective about what we're doing. It's
1: a bowl game. But I want to win it. I want to win it, right? 10 games, dude.
0: What do you mean 10 games?
1: I'm saying that's what
6: you want.
0: Oh, yeah, we want 10 wins, 10 wins, wins. wins. 10 wins. That's right. I I thought yeah, you were you were like going to throw the Tennessee State game out because oh that was an oh, SDSU. No no team no, no no
6: no. No I just <laughs> Notre Dame
0: really only hand. is going to play ten games this year because the ball game is trash and. <laughs> okay. No
6: no no. Well I think this is I do have some experience, and this you'll never hear me <laughs> sing a lot of praises of dirt cutter. Oh. But when I was at ASU, Andrew Walter was sort of who you know played in the NFL for a little bit. He was basically in a you know, in a competition for the first string quarterback with a guy named Sam Keller. Um, and what he did, which I thought was genius is he, so he had Sam call in the plays to Andrew Walter for three series. And then he gave a series or he gave a series to Sam Keller while he coached up Andrew Walter on the side and have him read the plays that were going in. So it kept them both completely engaged and I asked our defensive line coach after the game, I said, what do you do if, you know, the number two guy lights it, on, you know, lights it up in his series? He said, well, then you feel that out, and you may let him play. But otherwise, you have a congruity with your quarterback. Everyone knows what offense it is. But you pull him out, you do a little coaching, you let the other guy get something. If it happens, Finger. it happens.
1: Exactly. Not, but
6: you don't, you know, it was never like, it, we didn't use two separate playbooks or anything. It was just a... Okay, Angeli, this is your first time. You did. You had those first four series. Let's get over them while Minchie gets something. You know. But I mean, look, it, really if, they, if they
0: go to a two rush. quarterback system, I'm not going to be like freaking out here. You know, chewing my remote. Uh, that's not what's going to be happening. No, um, because
6: we're going to rush for 350 yards against Bingo.
0: Them. That's right. Bingo. We will rush the football. That's actually a very good point because we do still have legit group of running backs grant they they don't have you know we're only leaving 60 or excuse me 31 percent of the touchdowns which is actually probably a little less because hartman's got a couple um but then you know we're, we're in the 30s on on the yards as well hey for, half for these guys. of your
1: carries half of your carries is still there
0: yeah about half of them are there still so that's that's good um and back to what Conlin was saying earlier in the show, you know, he, he thinks it's going to be this kind of like 2012-esque, you know, 13 to 17 type of football game just because, you know, we're going to be putting an, quote inexperienced quarterback out there regardless of who it is or, or if we put both of them out there. Now, wait, what if we did this? This is – let's get crazy. What if we put both quarterbacks on the field at the same time?
6: No, nothing, is, hey, this is Gadooly's shot, man. Nothing's off the table, right? Exactly. will <laughs> never
0: see it coming. <laughs>
6: yeah.
7: Oh, that sounds like a very trick play to me.
0: <laughs> hey, Jimmy Joe, hey, welcome hey, back. Hey,
1: Jimmy Joe.
7: Hello, I, yo, I am so sorry. I was so late getting onto the onto this program. I took the missus out. We went to the movies. We went and saw that movie, oh, what is it called? Boy in, Boys in the Boat.
0: Is this like a Bollywood movie, Jimmy Joe?
7: No, no. This is a good movie about crewing, crew. You know, crew boating.
0: Yeah, UW, right, Jimmy
6: Joe?
7: Yes, yes. And they beat those Nazis in the in the Olympics.
0: Oh, nice. All right.
7: Oh, it was wonderful. But you know, that was so good. Is that not not one person? Uh, was the uh, was the the person who was the the, the main person on the boat? It was like eight people, but they were all working as one. You're like one machine. Very, very nice. So, you know, you're. I relate that to Notre Dame. We oh, have here to, we go. Well, we have to all know what our job is and do it the best we can. I like the trick play idea, though.
0: Well, I. And thank you, Jimmy Joe. I, I appreciate that. And I, I agree hundred percent. It does need to be a well-oiled machine. Um, at this point, it, it sometimes feels like we're just kind of scraping a roster together with what we got left. Um, and so the, the two quarterback thing at the same time that actually has been done in the past. You'll have to go out and do some research to figure out who or what team actually did that. But um, it's, tends to not be a very popular decision um but it it does kind of throw things for a loop um but it tends to also lend itself to uh a little bit more rushing here and there anyway um i see adam dowling's on mute jimmy joe what else you got the boys in the boat all right so the americans are beating the nazis love it um no, you're saying Notre Dame needs to be a well-oiled machine coming out oh, of here.
1: Oh yes.
7: Oh yes. But you know, one thing too, is there was one, one fellow on the boat who was going to quit. And at the last minute he decided he was going to play, he was going to be in the Olympics and he had to go to the coach and say, I'm so sorry. I lost my head. I was thinking about just myself. And I thought, oh, you know, we get down to the end and we have these good quarterbacks like, what, Mr. Sam, who all of a sudden disappears, you know, in a bowl game because they're just thinking about themselves. And I don't like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Red Snapper has a different opinion about that. Me, I'm just kind of like, I just don't know if you're, like, for me, I want to win the game. And I want to win the game with the players that give us that best opportunity, which means Hartman estimate, right? The guys have, you know, Hartman put up 85% of our, our passing touchdowns estimate put up, you know, 69% of our, of our, you know, rushing touchdowns. We acquired this season. Um, I'm, these guys clearly have influenced and moved the needle for Notre Dame this season. And when they're not playing, that creates a gap it creates a void and we must fill it with, with guys that have less experience or, or less productivity uh, behind them.
8: Oh,
1: 100%. And it, I think the biggest question mark, and we will never know this is, you know, they all pretty much decide to leave before Parker left. So do they regret their decision to leave early to see what they could have done under a different play caller? You know, we'll never have that answer. Would I prefer to have, you know, the experience of Hartman and, you know, the productivity of Estimate in the bowl game? 100%. You know, they will, you know, they will get to live with their decision to do, to pull out and go to the NFL draft when they did rather than play in the bowl game. So it's it's for them to make, you know, make their bed and sleep in it more or less.
0: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of guys who have decided to, uh, and we should probably start wrapping up. We're about 90 minutes into the show. Appreciate everybody jumping on. Jimmy Joe, Adam Dowling, Coach and been with us from the beginning. Lynch Mob's with us as well. Uh, good guys, good guys. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, we have saved this for the end, and it's the receivers. Um, quite a bit has happened since our last game. Um, And a number of guys will in the receiving room will not be present. Rico Flores went to UCLA, uh, stays. Gosh, where did he go? Uh, Ohio State? I don't know. Tyree's gone. Braylon James is gone. Tobias Merriweather is gone. And there's probably a few other guys. And there's also a couple of guys that are injured. I went and looked at total number of touchdowns these guys uh, caught, yards, and receptions. So these five young men accounted for 35% of all of our touchdowns, 45% of all of our receiving yards, and 39% of all receptions. So that's that's pretty significant, and especially that yards piece. That's you know that's moving the ball down the field. That's and the biggest, the two biggest contributors on that are the two top wide receivers in Tyree with 484 yards receiving and Rico Flores 392. No, not quite as good as Michael Floyd his freshman year, but still pretty pretty darn good. And the Rico Flores departure hurts. That hurts. Now, if I flip my page here, literally, and I jump over and like, okay, well, well, who's left at least for this game, right? Let, let, let's not look too far in the future, but let's look at this game, right? All right, you got the two Jordans. You got Great House and Faison, right? That's cool. I got Mas- Matt Salerno still here, so hooray. Uh, Jaden Thomas, let's not forget him. And Cooper Flanagan. Now, if I was a betting man, which I kind of am, I'd be watching Cooper Flanagan. I think he's going to have a great, great game. And I think Great House and Face Faison are going to, going to do well as, as well. Now, if I look at the productivity these five gentlemen have made over the season, it goes as follows. 10 touchdowns, 738 yards receiving, and 48 receptions. That translates to 35% of all of our touchdowns, which is tied with the previous five guys who have left. Yards, it's only a quarter of our yards, so significantly less than the other guys, but we're not looking at yard points too much. And receptions, they account for 23% of all of our receptions versus the 39% from the previous guys. Now, here's the silver lining on all of this that no one else out there in the media is going to talk about and no other podcast is going to talk about. So the five of you are, you know, you're welcome. (laughs) These five guys are more efficient than the five guys who have left. The five guys who have left, if I take their receptions per touchdown ratio, 83 receptions over 10 touchdowns, 8.3 receptions per touchdown. If I take the guys, Great House, Faison, Salerno, Thomas, Flanagan, take all their stats, combine them as one group, they have a reception to touchdown ratio of 4.8. Almost double the efficiency. Not quite, but almost double the efficiency of these guys. These five guys versus the other. Which is really, really good for an an inexperienced quarterback that will either be Minchie or Angeli in this game. So the the backbone of this is clearly Greathouse and Faison. They have five and three touchdowns respectively. But Jaden Thomas is almost the best receiver of this group. He is shy of great house by one yard. <laughs> he has 251 yards, but only one receiving touchdown. So, um, look, if we just run the ball and have put multiple running backs in, have Flanagan in at tight end and then have, you know, Thomas face on in great house out there doing some rotation thing, whatever. I don't have a problem with that because I like running the football questions, comments, concerns.
7: Oh, you give me so much hope. I'm so excited. We just got to run the ball. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and a third of the time, uh, you know, we're gonna uh, we're gonna throw it to the right guy, and he's gonna have a wonderful day, and we're gonna win.
0: Now, what if the right guy is on the right side of the field, Jimmy Joe?
7: Oh, I don't understand. What do you mean the right side of the field? <laughs>
0: I'm just being funny. <laughs> you,
1: gotta, you gotta use some uh, play on words there,
0: didn't you? Yeah, the, the, he's not like, he's the, he, like he, the quarterback's, you know, in shotgun. Make it the
1: wrong guy, if that's what you're saying. Yeah, no, right he's right. not
0: wrong. Yeah, and this isn't politics. <laughs> you're on the left or you're the, the right. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, no. Oh. He's on the right side of the field, right? The quarterback will turn to his right and he'll see great house. You know? <laughs> he's on the right okay. side, you know? The right guy okay,
7: i think i need to say a novena and a, and a rosary for this
0: <laughs> i don't think you have enough days to do a novena you need nine days jimmy joe
1: and this right. game's friday
0: it's on friday which by the way as as y'all can tell uh we are still podcasting tonight because baby irish faithful is still in the womb <laughs> Okay. So, but we're getting it's the final countdown here. It's it's getting serious around here. I'm I I literally started packing my go bag to the hospital. It's like, you know, I get the
1: What is the official due date again?
0: It's the 7th of January. Okay. But but my but toddler Irish faithful when he was born came about a week early. And so I I was predicting, quote unquote, that uh Baby Irish Faithful would 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 come on the thirtieth.
2: Well, I'll say this: you referencing these five guys being key to whatever. I thought you were talking about us five guys in the podcast. Well, but...
0: now, now we got Mark with glasses, so now it's six guys. And you guys talking about five guys makes me want a cheeseburger, honestly, right now.
2: <laughs> Even though
0: In and Out's <laughs> better, but whatever. Yeah.
2: But January seventh. My son's birthday is January fifth, so. Oh. That would be interesting if it was close to that. And
0: yeah, that would be fine. I have no problem with that. I I did uh, with work. I I told them like, well, you know, baby might come early, but baby might come later. So you know. We'll find out, you know, if, if I, sh- if after the new year, you know, begins and I, sh- I'm like, well,
1: it's I'm not showing be- up to work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, like I'll message my boss and I'll send him a note and just be like, Hey, FYI, baby came, you know, this, like, we're already, we're already sorted at work, you know, with a plan that I'm not going to be around, you know, just like, <clears throat> it's kind of assumed and known that that's what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, if it, if it happens later, it happens later. Like at first first week of work is pretty chill anyway so you know everyone's coming off of the the hangover of you know college football bowl season and no probably not but new year's eve <laughs> new year's eve and christmas and all that so well adam dowling's been quiet but that's fine mark with glasses is listening as usual is keeping us honest um you know what we really haven't talked about at all is our opponent in the Frosted Flakes Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Oregon State, the Beavers. Dun, 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 dun. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? What? <laughs> coach Barsejan, do you know what Notre Dame's record is against Oregon State?
2: Ty Willingham and Boob Davy are not the coach anymore.
0: It doesn't matter. It's still bad.
2: They're down to their what fourth string quarterback.
0: I don't think it's that bad, but uh, walk yeah. on, it, walk on. It's pretty bad.
2: Um, at <laughs> somebody from the student section. Practice squad.
0: Not quite, but no, you're you're not wrong. But you know, and I, and I didn't go and look at the depths of Oregon State's roster um, because Oregon State gets to. Uh, Gets to experience what it is to be an independent team next year and join the li- likes of Notre Dame. So maybe, maybe this is I was like, going to
5: say, it ain't having depth left. I'm pretty sure their defense is intact, though. Everyone on their defense is there.
0: Yeah, but what's Oregon State's defense, Adam? Welcome back. I by
5: think the they're way. pretty good, right?
0: Are they good? I, I Well, okay. Here you go. When we compare it to Notre Dame, it's not crap. But it's Notre Dame is clearly better defensively. Now, what I will say, okay, actually, I take this back. There, there are some stats that they are better at Notre Dame. So, Adam Dowling, thank. You. See, this is why you come in, man. Yeah,
5: yeah, I, I've been uh, family it, still hanging around, so I'm in and out a little bit.
0: That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Bring them on. What the hell? And by family, you mean Mrs. Dowling, right? Okay. Hmm. Rush defense, they are better than Notre Dame they limit their opponents to 104 yards on the ground versus Notre Dame limits opponents to 128 yards. Third down defense, Notre Dame's better, but sacks per game, but Notre Dame's been kind of struggling with this all year. They are top 10. On average, Oregon State is better than the national champion average in sacks per game. They're 10th in the country. Turnover margin, they're very good. They're plus seven. We're plus six. And tackles for loss per game, they are sixth in the country. Or excuse me, excuse me, they are forty sixth in the country. We're sixty seventh. They average six. My apologies. So they are they they are halfway decent at defense, as Adam Dowling has pointed out. But at the same time. I don't know their roster attrition, like you know who's transferred, who's still around. I I did not do do that research. That would take way too much time to go through an opponent's roster. I've,
5: I've thought I've heard that it, most of the uh, the opt outs and transfer people are all on the offense. Not they're not really missing anybody on the defense.
0: Sounds like Notre Dame too.
5: <laughs> yeah, So I think that's why everyone's betting the under on this one.
0: Yeah. The over I don't know what the over under is But I do know that uh, when I did this research Now it may have changed recently But the spread was 7.5 points to Notre Dame I don't know if it's still that Efforting. Is it still trending that way?
3: Let's see, let's see
0: I'm looking at it right now Notre Dame has a 73% chance of winning uh, 6.5 over under is 41.5 So yep, I'd bet the under too, honestly 6.5 is what it's saying now
1: Notre Dame giving six and a half points.
0: Yeah, but yeah, the uh, you could
1: parlay that into giving the points and the under.
0: Probably, probably it
1: could be a twenty to seven.
0: Now, what's interesting is Oregon State, um, their interim coach for this game, their head coach in uh, in in interim excuse me is Kefran Hansen he's their wide receivers coach and he has quite the quite the resume anything from Yale to Hawaii to Oregon State and partridge in a pear tree um so he's he's gonna be the interim their their head coach Oregon State's head coach Jonathan Smith he took the Michigan State job and what's interesting is Smith, a Red Snapper will appreciate this. Went to Glendora High School. Oh, the time. I know. I know. Oh. Glen, Glendora is a uh historic rival of of my high school, not so much Red Snappers but mine. Uh not so much anymore. It kind of kind of fizzled out as time went on, but yeah, <laughs> I read that and I was just like, "The fuck?" <laughs>
8: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome what
1: a small world
0: yeah isn't that funny so
1: that is
3: pretty cool though
0: that is it is kind of cool and then it kind of makes sense it's like oh okay so let's look at like when you were at glendora and when glendora was kind of their heyday and that's that's more for our brother right red snapper right
1: yeah yeah
0: by the time i got around glendora was on the decline which is great um but yeah <laughs> that was kind of funny people who don't know what we're talking about this is this is Southern California football. I went to Damien High School, by the way. Same uh, high school as Ian Johnson. Actually, he went to my high school, but I could say that because I was a year. I was a year ahead of him, right? Okay, fine. And yes, I am wearing the Boise State hoodie tonight, so I'm not conflicted. I'm just you know whatever. I, I'm you know what I'm doing. I'm promoting a future Shamrock series in Denver by wearing the Boise State hoodie. Okay. Notre Dame, get on it, right? I know you listen to this podcast, all right?
1: Oh, they definitely Boise
0: State, Mile High, Notre Dame. It'd be great. And be a little bit of a middle finger to Colorado because they suck, all right? Because we don't don't give a shit about them.
5: Let's just 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 do Vegas again. Let's just do Vegas again.
0: What if we did Vegas every three (laughs) years?
5: That'd be great. That was awesome. That that
0: would would be be great.
5: great. We had a blast when we went that stadium and everything with Vegas. It was it was definitely a good time.
0: Would you stay at the Cosmo again?
5: Yeah, we stayed at the Cosmo. Well I tried to get her to stay at the Mandalorian Bay because it's that's right, right next to the, the stadium. stadium. Yeah, you just yeah, yeah, the bridge. my wife is like She's like, there ain't no way I'm staying in that hotel. Why? What happened she there.
0: think it's haunted and shit now? Yeah.
5: Or? Yeah. She's Nope. She will not do it. No, security
0: <laughs> is even better now. Why are we talking <laughs> about this? No, where we should stay is we should stay down on Fremont Street, Old Town, Vegas, baby. There you go. Uh, and they got that new resort. Uh, Circa.
5: You could stay at Circa.
0: You could stay at Circa. Yeah. You could stay over at, at Red Rock, one of those like like uh locals places, right? You know, South Point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I <laughs>
1: love South Point.
0: I want to go to South Point, man. I would I South would go Point there in a heartbeat.
1: It has everything from a theater to a bowling alley to you Food. name
0: it. Yeah, great oh, video poker legit. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just far away from everything, but that's fine. You're going to Uber anyway, so it doesn't matter.
4: <sighs>
0: All right. Oregon State, uh, yes, Notre Dame should win, um, but again, the statistics, is it like who's lame? is it anyway? It doesn't matter because the personnel that have produced these statistics, at least on the offensive side of things, just aren't there. I don't know. I mean, they don't even have their head coach, so like, okay, at least we have a head coach, right? So, hooray, you know? <laughs>
1: It's, it definitely is begging the question of a defensive battle, you know, and it it definitely setting up that way. I think the continuity of the coaching staff gives Notre Dame a slight, you know, advantage. I think it's, but there's a lot of question marks. Both offenses are going to be patched together for the bowl game.
0: Well, and and here's some other scary shit. Okay. So. if someone like like should we be worried about this game the answer is no but if someone was like like really anxious or this was like some other podcast and people wanted to freak out for no reason okay yes i'm talking about you always irish which is fine that's that's your that's your shtick right even though you don't like seafood but whatever adam knows that's funny come on the seafood thing really okay (laughs) i saw that on twitter today sagarin Notre Dame is, is ranked higher than Oregon State. Sagarin, Notre Dame's 11th. Oregon State, 14. Okay, really close. Pretty close. And so that's all math. Strength of schedule, though. Here's the scary shit. And we mentioned this last week. Notre Dame, 63 strength of schedule. Oregon State, 14. They have a tougher strength of schedule. And the record... Because
1: of the... Because of the last year, of the Pac-12.
0: Well, and the Pac-12 is kind of kind of bumping this year, right? You know, like between Oregon and UW, right? And then you know they end up playing like SC and you know some of these other teams, like Utah, whatever. You know, Arizona was fucking good this year. Go figure. Um, Washington State. A lot of their Washington State's losses were actually pretty close. They weren't. They weren't. You know, dog shit. You know, so so it wasn't it was not like a bell curve of, you know, of, of you wins know. and losses. Yeah. It, it, it seemed a lot more, uh, more, more top heavy. If I may, you know, I don't know. What is that log normal or something, you know, for all the, all the math nerds out there, you know, all the statistics, <laughs> all the statistics, people that, that are listening to this are just like nodding their head. Like, yep. Yep. Log normal. I know what you're talking about. Right. Um, but no, they were eight and four, eight and four football team. were nine and three. Right. So that's, I mean, fuck, you know, Notre Dame could have been an 8-4 and four football team in that fucking Duke game had we not pulled our head out of their ass and actually, hey, let's hand the ball off to this Estime guy. Maybe maybe he can help us out. So, I don't know. But, uh, no, nah, head-to-head, uh, Notre Dame does not have a good record at all versus Oregon State. Um, and I go back to the uh, Fiesta Bowl of 2000 where it's like, yeah we're gonna we're gonna finally get this monkey off our back we're playing who the fuck is oregon state and notre dame gets shlacked in that game it was not pretty it was not fun and bob Davy, you're killing me here we lost 41 to 9 in that game in 2000 yeah. it was so bad it was so bad We were nine and two going into that game and we're like, yes, we're going to, we're going to kick ass and take names. And that was, that was Bob Davies best year was that 2000 year, right? And then 2001 was bad and then he was fired. So it was the beginning of the decline, right? So it doesn't help when your first game is against Nebraska and you get smoked at Nebraska, right? So that didn't go. We finished the next year, 2001. Well, well, I mean, the, the record wasn't good. We were 5-6, and six, right? But we lost our first three games. <laughs> lost by 17 to Nebraska. Lost by 7 to Michigan State. Then lost by 21 to Texas A&M. Ouch. <laughs> we beat USC that year, though, so that's cool. And Navy. Hooray, right, we beat Navy. And Purdue. <laughs> All right. All right, what else? What else, men? I don't know. I
1: think it's... I, I'm curious to get Mr. Adam Dowling's take on uh, Denbrock and what his overall thoughts are. Oh, that's are.
0: true. Yeah, we touched. And, and Lynch Mob, I see you on there. What's your thought on Denbrock? Are you, like, you know, lighting candles of the altar and praise, or are you just, like...
8: We're at the grotto. Yeah. no I think den Brock's a really really good hire yeah yeah I'm looking at just the offensive production
1: statistics and it's take away all the intangibles of location and connection the Cincinnati connection I, I think it
8: that in itself is a solid hire yes for sure yeah I went who was there a few years I went to the fantasy camp and he's just like he outside of being a coach he's just a great guy as well
0: yeah. when we kind of talked about like the intangible like kind of outside influences earlier in the show uh lynch mob do you think it's anything related to like he's down at sc at the sec and he's down there for a couple years and he's like all right we'll scratch this itch see what it's like to be in the sec in a big time program like lsu but then it's like man these fans are assholes or these people here are nuts and it's like do you think i don't know i don't want to say that the pressure was too much for him but is is he like like calm down fuckheads like is and he's just like like get me out of here like this is just a toxic environment and this is not what i need
8: it as far as the sec it is a man it's bad <clears throat> like they're the rivals between teams are as bad as any usc notre dame or uh, Notre Dame, Michigan. I mean, and it's, oh, no it's doubt. in the SEC is that way.
0: Oh, I, I don't doubt that for a minute. I was thinking more just like like the volatility that that comes along with with being a coach at LSU when you have kind of a ho hum season.
8: Yeah, yeah. So th- I've got several friends that are LSU fans, and like they loved when Brian Kelly came there, but. <laughs> oh, they're like, why didn't you tell us? And I was like, I did tell you.
0: I did. That, you, that, you chose that, not that's to where listen. You're,
8: yeah, that's where you're going to get. Yeah. <coughs> but um, yeah, I think Denbrock is solid. For sure solid.
0: I think, I it, think it is the too. Other,
1: the other feather in the cap with Denbrock is his
8: recruiting ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a uh, He's unreal
0: well and you know damn well that coach freeman and that was the second thing i thought of when i i heard about Denbrock. number one was obviously his connection his previous stops at notre dame but two uh was his ability to recruit and you know darn well that coach freeman is playing a lo- plant pl- planting a lot of emphasis on that um and all his guys must be able to recruit um so that's cool um one thing that also gives me a lot of hope when brian kelly was more hands-off-ish and i'll i'll, I'll use that lightly because because you could tell at lsu or even at um even at notre dame that there were games you're like dude this uh, this this has got brian kelly's fingerprints all over it bingo guard. Well, yes. that that's more of a that's more of a five foot nothing pod with respect to Reese. But what I will say is this: that bowl game. I, I always go back to the music. Like, let, let let me go another route with this. A lot of you guys are familiar with One Foot Down. The one foot one foot down guys, Josh, Jude, those guys, great guys. Okay, they talk about the Hawaii Bowl a lot. And rightfully so, right? Like, it got, you know, us out of the slump. You know, Clawson and Golden Tate were just, you know, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. And we finally get the bowl win, you know, monkey off our back. Fine. Against a weak Hawaii team. Fine. I'm in the same boat, but not so much with the Hawaii game. I put a lot of emphasis on that Music City Bowl in 2014. That game, we came out with a completely different game plan. It was against a big team like LSU, and we ran the ball. It was Malik Zaire's like coming out party. Golson was kind of fucking things up, and we were we had like four losses in a row. It was terrible. And you can tell Kelly said, "You know what? Fuck it. Put in Zaire," and he handed the keys to the car to Denbrock and said, "You run the offense," and he did. And we were very successful. I look at the future, and and you know that Marcus Freeman is is more. He's a player's coach, and he's not an egotistical dick. And he's not going to be. And especially on offense, he's not going to be like overly controlling of you know what is happening. The offensive side uh, of the ball. Yes, exactly. and, and and even I, on the defense, autonomy side.
1: for Denbrock is a huge. Absolutely,
0: fucking lootly And you know that was probably a selling feature to Denbrock to come back to Notre Dame say, look, I'm going to hand you the keys to the car. This is the Mike Denbrock offense. You run whatever the fuck you want because I trust that you're a Broyles Award nominee, that you know what the fuck you're doing. You've been at this university. You know everything about all the, you know, ancillary, you know, pro, you know, res life and you know, do lock, whatever, you know, shit that goes on at Notre Dame. You already know that. And you actually are yeah, okay academic with academic
1: standards and yeah. the, the culture.
0: Yeah. We're going to go to mass before the game. Right. You know, you know, I already know you're cool with that. Right. All of that stuff. He doesn't even have to explain to him. And then he says, by the way, we're going to hand you a fuck ton of money, you know, in a briefcase. Okay. You know, Move down the street from me here in Granger or wherever you want to live. All right, and you get to run the offense in the same way. Jump over to the defense. Look at Al Golden. Al Golden definitely could have jumped after this year and taken a head coaching job. And the word on the street is that he got he got a a, a bump in pay and uh um you know got a, got a better contract. Okay. Because Golden has been at Temple. He has been at Miami. He's been at a bunch of these programs. And he's like, you know what? And he's done the NFL thing too. And he's like, you know, I kind of like it here. I kind of like being at this program, having some autonomy, having the ability to, to make decisions. And look, I was very critical of Al Golden his first year. And I said, look, we'll see how he does in his second year. And he's been so much better. I'm hoping now that third year into the Al Golden system, we really start cooking. All right. Then you throw in Denbrock here. You got another guy who's given autonomy. And then Freeman's just like, hey, I'm just here to make decisions at the game, at the moment, be the leader of this team. You know, I'll 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 be the tip of the spear here, but you guys really are fueling up this jet with with gas. Okay. And and that's that's the way this works, and so you go with Denbrock and you go with Al Golden. I'm I'm feeling really good about next year. I I mean this isn't a next year's podcast, right? We're still technically season four, not season five. But what I will say is that shit. These are these are good things, and the pr- the trajectory of the program is huge. And you put someone like Denbrock, who when he had autonomy, beat LSU in a bowl game when Notre Dame was down and out and we were thrown in a new quarterback and and we basically came in with a completely different game plan that LSU did not know what to do and we executed it down there in Nashville in the Music City Bowl it was great great way to finish that season i've never uh, for 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 a season that that ha- started so high and then went so low I finished so high at the end of the 2014 season, you know, and it gave us so much momentum when we went to 2015 and then, you know, 2015 is a, is a very strange year, but the, the whole point I'm making is Notre Dame's in the right direction, but we still have this sun bowl coming up, but I think some of that good juju, some of that good momentum for the players that are still there, who are, are like, look, I'm going to stay in this bowl game. We're going to play in this bowl game. You might lose a couple guys, the NFL, either due to they're just, you know, they're just done. Like they've, they've exhausted all of their, their time at Notre Dame from eligibility or whatever. Uh, you know, Hey, we're going to graduate, you know, try to go to the pros or we're going to go, you know, you know, make a fuck ton of money with my degree. Now, whatever it is, I think Notre Dame has the ability to, um, be successful in year three of Marcus Freeman. And we're not going to start counting your chickens or anything like that. You know, do the whole like magical year three of a head coach. Like we'll, we'll save those conversations for next year.
1: I, I think there might also be an element of Denbrock's not a young coach. Golden is not a young coach. Mm-mm. Essentially, these guys don't want to take on at their ages the responsibility of being I don't a head want coach. The stress. But, but Gosh. they, but they want the the stability of a, a longer contract, responsibility, and the autonomy that you know Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman is giving them, and they're one hundred percent content. Maybe there's very much this: let's create a family, let's create a stability, and let's let's really deliver on bringing Notre Dame back to the forefront with a a good, strong, stable coaching staff. And maybe that has been Marcus Freeman's, you know, mode of operations from day one is yeah. Find the guys who who have have experience,
0: find the guys who have experience who are quote unquote, willing to settle down. Can I, can I use that language? Find guys that are like, look, these are good coaches they may not be, you know, Nick fucking Saban or, you know, you know, you know p- pick pick up, pick a hot young name or whatever, you know, and guys that are like ladder climbers. Like, these are guys that are like, look, I was, I was a Broyles Award nominee, right? Like, the only thing better would be to win the whole damn thing, you know, and, and I guarantee you if LSU had a better record, he probably would have won it, Um. But I mean, we'll we'll see how things go, um, going into next year. But look, we got this Oregon State team. Uh, I want to take care of business. You know, I mean, the the roster's clearly been, you know, decimated at the receiver, you know, you know, position. Um, you could say that about quarterback too. With a your starting quarterback who was a transfer in, but he's still, ninety two percent of all your you threw all ninety two percent of all your fucking passes. Right. And then you got a running back who's I, I think the best running back we've had since Dexter Williams, if not arguably better. That might be a might be a, a off season statistical piece we look at that we compare. Um, but the point is, like, what, what's great about this is that if you throw in Godouli, you throw in some some guys that you that you don't have a lot of film on. And you could put something together for, for a team that's kind of like floundering, like Oregon State, maybe. Notre Dame could come out there and surprise a lot of people and say, wow, look at this team. And 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 I will say this, you win your bowl game, it springboards you heavily in the offseason and into the next season. It definitely does. And we as fans will feel better knowing that like 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 first year with with freeman you know like yeah we win our bowl game you know that's great we win the gator bowl we felt really good all off season because because you have a you have a clean taste in your mouth you lose your bowl game you know and you're just kind of like oh it sucks you know and you know like you know, i hate jack Cohn. it's like big it, it, like, people were pissed after after you know lost the fiesta bowl you know and it's like oh kelly had to leave us and then kyron williams left you know it's just like like you start you start like pointing fingers and shit and then it's like if you win the bowl game though you're like hooray
8: everyone's
4: great. yeah
1: look at so me. I, I got an interesting suggestion after the bowl game Or even before the bowl game. How about we do kind of a a before the bowl game, after the bowl game. Put up a poll question of what season were you most excited about or are most excited about. The first season of Marcus Freeman, the second season of Marcus Freeman, or the third season of Marcus Freeman, given what we know.
0: That's a great question.
1: Because you got, okay, the way BK left and the, just the galvanization that we all celebrated for season one, then it's season two. Okay. Now let's, let's deal with Reese being gone and the question mark of Parker and just, okay, Sam Hartman and the the whole excitement of that or season three. Now it's, you know, Parker gone. We have, you know, Denbrock Brock out coming mm-hmm. back. And now the question marks at quarterback and running back and, you know, having, you know, Godouli, you know, with this opportunity, seeing what Angeli and Minchie knowing Carr and, you know, Riley Leonard are in the wings. it w- That'd be an interesting poll question.
0: I was really excited about, about the beginning of this season, just with the Sam Hartman piece. And, Freeman in his second year and we're looking at estimate coming back and the defense is stacked. Right. Um, I haven't looked at the roster yet going into next year on the defensive side of, you know, who's with us, who's, who's, you know, going to be gone. Um, yeah. I, I think the Xavier Watts thing is very interesting. I really hope he comes back, but he might be gone. Right. Um, so, so we'll see what happens on the defensive side of things. To answer your question, Red Snapper, and if anyone else has an opinion or or wants to answer this, by all means, um, I am most excited for this season, or or the third season, um, after this Sun Bowl game, only because, like, like, coaching is huge, and you have to, like, feel out your staff. You have to feel out your roster, and the fact that Freeman took the hard line and we don't we don't know all the details we took the hard line with chauncey sucking and he either said either listen man you're not i gave you an ultimatum i gave you you know a target to shoot for you didn't hit it you gotta you gotta go or hey what the fuck was did was that that you said in that meeting or this that like like who knows what the specific situation was and then you have receivers that that leave you know, conveniently around the same time, which is really weird, but he's going to have to go through that, which is maybe a little uncomfortable. Maybe not, um, doesn't look best on Twitter or whatever, but at the same time, these are, these are things that he can get over. And it's just like, all right, look, next guy, let's get another coach in here. Now that we have this lessons learned or whatever, and we'll find someone else that I think can get the job done. Now he brings in someone like Denbrock. Like, I'll say this. If Parker was still around, I wouldn't feel as hot. But the fact that Parker took the Troy job and then it opened up the world to be like, dude, go get the OC you want. And you get a fucking Broyles nominee and a guy who put up a fuck ton of offense this year. Shit, you know, you're like, damn, let's roll, man. Let's do this. So, so I'm feeling really good about that. He managed to secure Al Golden, okay, and 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 part of me kind of thinks that that head coaches not necessarily have to be a figurehead, but they do need to navigate between the front office and the back office. They need to be able to, in in this case, you know, use exercise their authority and say, "Look, you hired me to bring successful, winning football at the University of fucking Notre Dame." And we should be having the best coaches in the country for the best players. And they're not getting that. And that's bullshit. And he he should be able to walk into whoever the AD is. And he probably wouldn't say it with such uh, so many few words that I just did. But basically say, look, y- you want us to win? The landscape has changed. So either we as a university adapt to get the best players and get the best coaches or or we're going to die. All right? We're never if you if the university genuinely wants to be successful and to have championship caliber football, they have to shell out money for good coaches. They have to get the good recruits. They have to have the transfers and the NIL and some of this other crap. They have to do that. Can I say they have to pay to play? The rules have been completely written back in the day with Miami or USC or whatever, you know, maybe some of this shit was under the table or whatever, you know, Ohio state, (laughs) but the rules have changed and everybody is doing this now and it's allowed and it's well known and there's quote unquote, nothing wrong with it. And furthermore, the brand of Notre Dame is way more powerful than fucking georgia okay there's way more benefits that can come to a student athlete at the university of notre dame than ohio state and notre dame can be at the forefront of that because they can offer all these things that those schools can't even touch with a 10-foot pole now throw in good coaches. Now throw in NIL money and some of these other things. And for and and let's not ignore the fact that M- Notre Dame is more money than God, okay? We can throw that around a lot, okay? We're not building any more stadium, right? We already did that. So, you know, all they have to do is just sell some beer, right, in the end zones and then call it good, which they don't do right now, but hopefully that'll change.
1: And you've, you've heard me spout off about it, like, the biggest business decision that Notre Dame can do with its international market is be successful. If they can commit to the Notre Dame program, the football program being successful, the amount of marketable income they could make from that on the international audience they reach.
0: Holy shit. Oh gosh. I mean like, like we got, we got our boy Stevie D Irish out in county cork ireland the dude literally lives on the southwest coast of ireland okay he can see the fucking ocean from his kitchen that dude wants to come to the stanford game is gonna fly his jolly ass out here and we like his jolly ass you know he's gonna. We're gonna meet him. We're we're gonna have a great time. This is a dude that's putting serious time, money, effort. He's got a kid, right? He's gonna he's gonna get that sorted to come out, meet his friends on Twitter. You know, go to a Notre Dame game. You know, erase the mind diarrhea and the nonsense that he had to watch. You know, come to a game against UConn with fucking Charlie Weiss. Okay, damn it, we need to put a good fucking product out there. For people like that. Okay. Take Martin uh, Skromik, who I'm probably fucking up his last name. But he's from the Czech Republic. The dude flew out for the blue and gold game last season. The worst fucking blue and gold game on planet earth that we've ever had in the sleet and the snow and the rain. It was terrible. The toddler thought it was funny. But mom and dad were not so much. Point being, this dude... Came from the Czech Republic too for the spring game. The spring game. Not even like a regular game. The spring game came all the way to the Czech Republic. Damn it, Notre Dame. I am very happy that you have decided to pony up some dough, keep some coaches around that want to be coaching still, but do have half a clue. And are also results oriented and results driven and results proven.
1: Did you just throw your pencil?
0: No, it's more of like like I dropped it on the desk.
1: <laughs> drop the mic, drop the pencil. No,
0: the the mic's in the in the boom here. That that won't sound good. It wouldn't be good for. Her. I mean, it's a robust microphone. I guess I could do you that, but
1: you have a bell. You could have just hit the bell.
0: No, that that's saved for special. That's uh, we don't want to overdo the bell, like.
1: And thus my transition to the meaning of the bell.
0: Uh oh. We don't. We don't need to like Uh-oh. have a thesis about the bell here. No. All right. I am just, I'm just getting ranty here. Mind. You know. What?
1: what why the bell? Bi- why the bell? The gimmick of the bell. The- we are all because it's fun. You know, so we are going to hit that bell every (laughs) single time that we mention something, RTDB or running the ball, run the fucking ball. That's right. Yeah. There, there
0: may be other situations where the bell is rung, but for for the most part, it, it, it goes back. It look, if you know, great. If you don't, I'm sorry, I'm not going to explain it, but the, um, It's one of those things where it it can enhance the show on KROQ. Yeah. Kevin and Bean, they had the bell. Orange County. If you know, you know, right.
1: The, the bell on Kevin and Bean.
0: It's very subtle. It's there, you know, it's, it's for when, when we're excited and happy. Right. Exactly. Jimmy, Joe, you had some, some thoughts here. I I
7: wanted to ask you this question. You know, if, if the newest Irish baby, Faithful, is not uh, born yet on Friday, and uh, are we going to have a podcast when we win the game on Friday? <laughs> are going to have a podcast? And then you can ring the bell because we will run the ball a lot, and 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 Mr. Red Snapper is going to be hitting that bell. Bing, <laughs> bing, 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 bing.
0: Maybe Red Snapper will, will do a post show. I'm going to
1: hit a bell too, it sounds like.
0: I'm I'm kind of like day to day the here. Bell?
1: Who has the Bell there. You Red Snapper or No, he's got that in studio. Yeah,
0: no, Fighting Our Faithful's oh. got it here in the studio. So oh, Okay. Yeah. I've always Are you wanted- going to do a
7: podcast uh, uh like a like a celebration podcast on Friday after we win even if if baby is born?
0: So if so if 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 the doc is in labor, we will not be doing a show. <laughs> You,
1: will not be you, in the you could take it from the, the hospital. Show. No, you that, that will not happen. No, doing?
0: I am not taking a boom mic, a mixer. Uh, look, <laughs> uh, the show has gotten to the point where I want it to sound good too. Uh, so I will. I would have to bring all this equipment with me. Um, and yes, I have a laptop, but it's not very good. Uh, bottom line, no, that that would not happen. Now if the child is still in the womb and there's no sign of, Hey, we're going to labor or something. Okay. That's a different story.
4: We're not
1: breaching the line of scrimmage.
0: (laughs) Sure. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's more of a contraction thing, but yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) that being said, um, I have talked to the doc about this. You know, if, if we are not uh, in labor and it doesn't look like it's going to happen yet, then yes, we will do a post game show. Um, But with each passing day, it's getting much more serious and intense. So I, uh, I have to be very mindful of some of these things.
7: Okay. That's fair. That's fair. You know, you have a wife, you have to be careful. You have to, be your dad.
0: You That's know, right. The dad. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Jimmy Joe. Yep. Yep. Okay. No.
7: Well, I, I I have to leave namaste for you, gentlemen. Thank you so much for putting on a, such a such a good good program. Well,
0: I thank you, Jimmy it. Joe.
7: Always a pleasure. To have now, it.
0: Jimmy Joe, are you going to be coming out to the Stanford game?
7: Oh yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh nah. yes. I, want to go. Yes. I, I think I Doctor Abby, Abby would.
1: Uh would personally hunt him down if he wasn't. That's true. I wonder if Doctor Abby.
7: I call I called her Doctor Amy the other day. I was so embarrassed.
0: This is great. Well
7: you know maybe I'm gonna come with the missus too.
0: Oh bring the missus. Oh yeah. Mrs. Jimmy Joe.
7: Well okay, yeah. You wanna call her (laughs) Mrs Jimmy Joe, yes. She's she's a very shy person, you know. It's very hard to get her to even talk and be in public. That's so okay. this will be a big step.
0: That's okay. Jimmy
1: Joe, does, does Mrs. Jimmy Joe understand the game of football?
7: Oh, no. She has trouble. Miss. Well, she tries to ask me questions about football, and I don't know nothing about football. <laughs> <laughs> I, know you
1: know, I, her, I hope to see both of you. That would be amazing. That
0: would be fun. It Excellent. Be. Excellent. Okay. Uh, I when think we're gonna game? wrap things up. It we're about an hour and twenty.
1: The Stanford game, Jimmy Joe, is October twelfth of twenty twenty four.
0: You got ten months.
1: Okay, that okay. your calendar okay
0: set your calendar for the game for the weekend uh, we're trying to get a house if anyone missed that we start we started the show with that so anyone who's listening live right now uh if you already heard this on the podcast version you can you know whatever but uh began this on the podcast version we went through some of the details some of the finances and the the numerical breakdown of of how this is a comparable scenario to uh staying in a hotel so um when you factor in food and uber and some of this other shit. So I think uh I think we got something going here for fighting okay. we
1: also need to reach out to 5 foot nothing pod and have him start I I've, I've already talked to him
0: about it. Um he yeah, so so again, that conversation has been started. Uh the Dos Leprechauns crew, we've had that conversation as well. So um we are pressing forward one, because We're going after that one. We we've look we've got to get serious about this with time and, and, uh, the, the
1: the house. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's the thing. Like, like we, we get it going. We got enough, um, you know, people penciled in who are like, yes, I'm with you. Um, Hey, that's, that's the way to roll. Good. Absolutely. Well, good. All right. Well, if anyone's got anything else, by all means jump on, I think other than that, we're going to, We're going to go sayonara here.
7: Okay. Bye-bye. Good night.
0: (laughs) Namaste,
1: Jimmy Joe. Namaste.
0: Namaste. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. (sighs) Anything else we're we're missing here, Red Snapper?
1: I I, I think we can uh, pull the parachute on this one.
0: Pull the parachute. (laughs) Uh, That's funny yeah I'm okay with that here we go this isn't very westerny we started with Western spaghetti Western music but you know what look one more game yeah one more shot one more time for the 2023 season it's been a little up been a little down it started really high we're not playing for New Year's Six Bowl it's the Sun Bowl But it is a bowl game. It's a game I want to win. It's a game that we all want Notre Dame to win. And we need to support our players. We got to support our team, support our ladies' university.
1: And the team that's on the field.
0: The team that is on the field is the University of Notre Dame. Those are our men in blue and gold. Gold helmets shining in the El Paso sky. We have one more game this season. And that is it. Bring your passion. Bring your fire. Bring your energy. Bring your scotch. I brought spreadsheets tonight. Get out there. Make your burritos, enchiladas, tacos, whatever you got. Notre Dame's heading down to El Paso. I think they're actually already there. We're playing Oregon State. We can rectify some losses with Oregon State. We can move forward with high hopes going into the next season. Let's go out there. Beat the shit out of the Beavers. Thank you for joining the Fighting Irish Faithful Show. Have a good night. Go Irish. Beat Beavers.